5: Noticed about that scene? A, when he the first time he says mankind, his pause there is so wooden. It really is like it. it, it, it it's like how Gurney is standing just off camera, holding a huge sign that says now pause, because he you does know, that in the history of mankind.
4: Chunk.
6: It's really living in the one person's movie. opinion. Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
4: I said this Oh, if I could only do a line like that. <laughs>
5: If only you could have that as your close-up. Wait, what is it? what does she say in Sunset
4: Boulevard? Who, who is she speaking to? Mr. DeMille.
5: That's right, Cecil B. DeMille. Ready for my close-up. I'm ready for my close-up. Close-up. That should mean something new to all of us today. Also this, he has the most glaring grammatical redundancy at the end when he says, Today we celebrate our Independence Day. Well, of course, it's... it's that just doesn't make any sense that's just written badly you know why he said that because they were desperate to get the title of the movie somewhere into the speech and you can't just call the movie independence because then it blows the whole Fourth of july tie-in i'm just saying i know that i know that he's president jameson or whatever and i'm not what's his name president oh, it's dr jameson dr jameson what is his he's president who in independence day i can't remember Need more proof that it's a bad film I mean, don't... oh,
7: I just haven't seen it in years.
5: <laughs> I know that's just one person's opinion. Oh, You know, I'm going to die and go to hell, and that's what's going to be sitting there as I'm waiting in Satan's uh, antechamber.
4: Hey, he's Bill Pullman, and we're not. When you ask when you can enter the pearly gates,
7: <laughs> there's your answer.
5: In less than an hour, you will be sent to a place of eternal suffering to be prodded forevermore by a man holding a trident.
7: He was President Thomas J. Whitmore. Uh-huh whatever that's a
4: very presidential yes, family it is and that'll be a uh, quite the moment for you when you're waiting to see what god looks like and it's actually bill pullman <laughs> <laughs> then you'll have the archie bunker lot i it's so sorry. all right then why hello it's
5: the uh, rick emerson the radio program uh, it is 5 minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11 in this, uh, the month of February in the year of our Lord, 2008. Thank you for coming along, making a part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly really ostentatious studios of AM970. Solid State uh, Radio. This is the uh, Rick Emerson Show. I am he. Thank you for joining us. It is President's Day. We are live uh, today. It is Monday, February 19th. Eh? Anyone?
4: 18. No, no, no. It's, uh, the
5: uh, 18th. 18th. Uh, Monday, February 18th. So, uh, welcome to Day 12. Thank you for coming along. If you'd like to join us today, it's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Uh, Richie Bristol standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, your comments, your clarifications, conventions, two cents, whatever. Something uh, I just dropped my pen. You know what's interesting is, I, this just occurred to me now, I was looking here and there's this picture that's circulating of Lindsay Lohan It's striking in that Marilyn Monroe post. So icky. Did um, people tag, send us things and they are tagged as not safe for work? When I, which is sort of an interesting, it's the, that's an interesting acronym that didn't exist until about 10 years ago. When you'll get something in the email or somebody you that says NSFW in big letters, That's sort of a weird. It's interesting to think about uh, certain colloquialisms or phrases that only came to be in the internet age. And one of them is the ability to send pornography to your workmates with just the click of a mouse. You have to tag everything as NSFW. So, I am. All I saw of those was a little thumbnail, though. Just enough to know that I didn't really care about them. That's the thing about Lindsay Loan at this point. Lindsay Loan to me is like an entire pack of gum in which the flavor has been completely chewed out. It's not that I dislike Lindsay and I just i have become completely indifferent to her at this point. Anywho, uh it is uh Monday, it's President's Day. Thank you for coming along. It's five oh three seven three three two uh nine seventy. You can also email you like uh if you like, it's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com, Sarah at nine seventy dot AM, Tim at nine seventy dot AM, or Richie with a T at nine seventy. Dot A M. Richie's got this weird fishing hat on today. He looks like one of these. When I lived in San Diego,
7: it's weird. It's like a knockoff Louis Vuitton fishing hat.
5: <laughs> fishing for today's gentleman. The he looks like um. When I lived in San Diego, you'd go out to the pier and they would just be all those guys who would get up at the crack of dawn and just sit out there, baking themselves in the midday sun. It's just all day long trying to catch like a two-inch grouper or something. Uh, so that's what he looks like. He ought to be lugging a bucket and a bad transistor radio along with him today. It's 503-733-2970. Here's what's coming up today. CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins uh, will be joining us. I guess there was some, well, it can't be too secret if I know about it, some meeting uh, between uh, Barack Obama and uh, John Edwards, blah, 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 for the inevitable day when John Edwards uh, shivs Hillary by giving, the, uh, giving his endorsement to Barack Obama, who I guess was, man, this is how you can tell that he's getting down to the final however many months on this. Because the Clinton campaign is just, they've completely dropped the facade that she was a good person at all, or that she's nice or decent in any way. So they came out today, if you go to Drudge, there's like five above-the-fold blurbs about Obama plagiarizing something. And it looks like he copied about nine words out of somebody's speech from like 40 years ago. But of course, that's not how the Hillary campaign, Hillary does this massive conference call, Obama is a plagiarist today. She just doesn't
4: care. That... He hangs around with slumlords. Then out comes the big picture of Hillary and Bill Clinton posing with the slumlord. <laughs> totally, <laughs> she's just evil. She really is. She's got to love her first. I do. Oh. Evil is not just for guys. It's for women too. We are an equal opportunity country. So why not? No, it's it really. It's it, about time. Absolutely true. It's the maturity of this country.
5: <laughs> evil is. This is a country where everybody, uh, everybody, regardless of race, creed, color, ethnicity, origin, background. I don't know what a creed is, by the way. That's the kind. Of, that's the one they always throw in really? there. That's, that's a band. band. <laughs> Regardless of creed, Nickelback, Days of the New. Anyway, so Hillary has now entered what I believe we'll start calling the scorched earth phase of this campaign, where she's just going to start laying waste to every single thing around that guy. It's going to be fun to watch. Uh, so we'll talk to Lisa about that today. Uh, Steve Kastenbaum uh, will join us today, where I guess they made an arrest in this... It's a crazy thing about this guy hacking up his therapist with a meat cleaver. So cleaver. So the great thing about this story is that apparently he was, and I'm quoting now from the source material, he was
4: holding a grudge. Maybe because he was told it was covered by his insurance and he found out <laughs> <it was> not.
5: <laughs> you told me I had a twenty dollar pay! <laughs> it's funny because.
8: We're it here and it's there.
5: <laughs> well, you know, but the, the, here's the interesting thing about the story: is apparently, he held a grudge for 19 years. I guess he's he was pissed at her for something she did 19 years ago, and I guess he finally just woke up today and like, ah, well, that's it. I've 18 years was a, 19 years is just too much. I gotta I gotta take out the trash. Anyway, so I guess it wasn't just a meat cleaver. I mean, it was a meat cleaver. Apparently, some sort of bone saw and what they're calling it sounds like it sounds like some sort of a some sort of an industrial band's album title it was a meat cleaver a bone saw and what they're calling a bulging bag of knives that's who I want to go alright and let's see speaking of people who are going to go soon Nancy Reagan I guess was in the hospital today Uh, and so Jim Roop will be I don't know, Available able to talk about that and describe whatever boozing he's got planned for this afternoon. It's all very exciting. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. I read the most horrifying news story last night. And it's not typically the kind of news story that we would discuss. Because it's just, you know, even, even a show as vile and horrific as this show is, we do have our limits. We have certain kinds of stories that just don't appeal to us or that we feel are beyond the pale. Bulging bag of knives, no problem. But, you know, if there's some guy that decides to, uh, I don't know. Just oh, like all to... the
7: numerous ones involving babies. Or and... just
5: like some guy who wants to play softball with a bag of kittens. Like, we, yeah. just, we just skip that stuff. But I will say this. I, I don't have the story in front of me, but the, the, that's not important because I got the tagline memorized. There was a woman, and I think it was a low-level story as things like this go. <clears throat> I think it was in Mexico City. I may be wrong about that. But it was a woman who turned herself into the cops. or sort of The cops busted her somehow because she had what they called inappropriate contact with some children she was babysitting. <clears throat> and I think it turns out it wasn't anything too horrible. It was, uh, you know, she was sort of, sort of like a, a inappropriate kissing and I believe some low-grade inappropriate touching of the children. You know, nothing, you know, nothing really that you want to write home about. Um, so the cops busted her, but the, the, the phrase from the article that will stick with you forevermore... She said, she told police, quote, she touched the children because they smelled like vanilla. <laughs> she said that she had put them, to, she had bathed them and put them to bed and she said, they just smelled so much like vanilla, I had to touch them. So there you go. If you ever needed proof that we are living in just a demented slaughterhouse of a world,
4: there you go, right there.
5: Anywho, uh, Tim Riley working on the following stories for your edification on this President's
4: Day. Well, speaking of slaughterhouses, well, it looks like there's one of the big trouble of your carnivores. Better turn in your meat. Turn in your meat. Turn in your meat immediately. A Milwaukee mom wins the American Gladiator's reality show. There's a new politically correct term for Portlanders who are on the road without a car. You are now classified as a vulnerable citizen. Try to remember that. Oh, All you bike riders and motor scooters and uh, people so on the So basically just me. No, Rick can't even pretend <laughs> to be a bike rider. Vulnerable no. <laughs> It's only Sarah at this point. Uh, Clackamas Community College student is uh, hauled in after writing about music for a killing spree and wanting to destroy the world on his MySpace. Uh, uh, three big film stars will replace Keith Ledger in the unfinished final film, Big Names. Really? Yeah. Am I how time flies? It was a year ago, Saturday, that Britney shaved her head. I know. I
5: saw that on TMZ one no.
4: year ago. There'll be no more candy for those in New York City jails. Now, this is going to be very confusing because old President Bush says he's supporting John McCain, but new President Bush isn't really mentioning it, even though he's kind of backing him up, but staying away. I
5: think they haven't they asked W to stay off the campaign trail. They, they have. Don't, don't stand next to me.
4: They have him uh, inspecting mosquito nests in Africa today.
5: I'm <laughs> here to Doris. Go home. Go don't be seen here. Oh, by the way, just back on the tip of the, all that uh, meat they're taking off the market. So concerned concern me. Yeah, I know. you lot of us all. Uh, so, the blah, 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 California slaughterhouse where employees, blah, 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 bad meat. This is the way that CNN wrote it on their prep sheet, though. They've agreed to yank 143 million pounds of meat. Again, they've agreed to yank the meat. According to CNN. That'll
7: make everybody happier.
5: (laughs) I am a child. This just in, I am five. Joined today as always by the lovely intelligent Sarah Dillon. Hello, how are you?
7: Hi, I'm doing well.
6: Uh,
5: Excellent, that's wonderful. How was your weekend?
7: It was fun. I had a, yes, I had a very good weekend.
5: Oh, by the way, if I could just, uh, I noticed your name tag. If I can address something, Tim, email me about this. Tim asked where he could get one of these zinky CBS radio badges. I like yeah. that. That has my uh, face on it. Mm-hmm. Um, we, it. Not necessarily your face on it. <laughs> <laughs> They're all going to have my face.
4: <laughs> it doesn't have to have your face on <laughs>
5: my, uh, my face on one side, it zods on the other. Um, the... Uh, it, it, no, so we so we wear you know like a, like those the uh, plastic uh, you know what are those electronic keys that get us through the various doors and then there's I have one that says AM 970, and I have one that was my Queens pass. You know, like backstage laminates, and then I have one that has my face and says uh, "Rick Emerson, CBS Radio." That's because we're doing that door-to-door thing on Wednesdays, and we decided it would be nice if I had yet one more piece of identification. You'll be
4: easy to identify once pretty... the guy comes out of his porch and shoots <laughs> When he wants to know who to kill,
5: yeah. When the can. Kin... Well, look here, Bob says his name was Rick Emerson. Poor bastard. So uh, yeah, I can get you one of those. Bridget upstairs, uh, crank those up. Those are cool. Yeah, all good things in this building come either from Susan or Bridget. So there you go. That's what I was thinking. All right. Nobody's upstairs today. No, just me. Yeah, the uh,
7: whole parking lot's just abandoned, and you weren't here I showed either. showed up late.
5: I, I know. I, do you know what time I woke that up today? That scary. Don't do that to us. Today. I I over, I told Sarah I apologize. I didn't think
7: it. I'm like whatever. I overslept. <laughs> <laughs> he would have let me know. No, no I was just sleeping. I
5: almost called. She's like I'm on my way, but uh, I just figured you know whatever. I tried to sneak in underneath the radar. You know what time I woke up today? Because we have the the alarm, and then I have uh, you know my phone has an alarm. So on days when Lara gets up for work. Sometimes she occasionally will forget to reset the alarm, as she did today. So I have my phone as a backup alarm. But my phone is just really... The, the alarm on my phone is really quiet for some reason. And so I sleep through it almost every time. Or, the, or it just appears in my dream as like a mosquito flying by me. Like I doesn't... It's not actually enough to wake me up.
4: Oh, I don't have to worry about it. I still have a dog that thinks I do the I'm a show
5: <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready for breakfast. <laughs> um, It's 4 a.m. Uh... So, no, my phone went off this morning and then I, I must have just turned it off or something so you know what time I got up today 10 a.m oh got up at 10 o'clock got here around oh. 10 that's you a a coming down the stairs yeah that's I got in around 10 25 and it was just I know I, I'm sorry sorry I meant to get to what you did this weekend oh
4: that's okay I, it
5: was such a hairy day so I got in at 10 25 1025 10 uh you know I'm trying to get my crap taken care of there's no coffee. Uh, then I realize I still haven't brought in another coffee cup from home. There are no coffee cups upstairs. There are no coffee cups in the kitchen. Finally, I get a cup of coffee. I go to the machine. No visa. So I'm running across the street to the pad pla- pad plantry this morning to get a visa. It was just a day. It was Today was not a bad day, but it was one of those days where I could have used an
4: additional 10 minutes. Well, I was wondering what it was when you came down the stairs. Like, who, who could have ruined your day? There's nobody up there. Yeah. <laughs> Did I look like
5: yeah. I was... You little look
7: a little haggard. You still look a little frazzled. Yeah. yeah.
4: I, I, I think you're kind of getting into it now, but it's like, whoa, what just happened? I just... I, I we're woke. going Spanish, and he hasn't told us yet.
7: Uh, <laughs> yeah.
4: Well, I think I'd find out the same time as uh, as you all.
5: Um, at I this was point. really
7: nervous using my key card after I saw the parking lot. I was like, because oh, okay. it was empty. Yeah. I'm like, well, I Brick obviously didn't ride his bike. I'm like, and his car's not here. Ah. So I used my key card, and it was all abandoned back there. And I'm like, please work know something.
5: I don't know.
7: No, I was just afraid that my key card was. I in the took somebody
4: who's already owning
5: it. Oh wait. Let's uh, let's welcome... I, com- I, com- I completely spaced that this was at 11.20. I thought this was at 11.30 today. Um, we are going to be joined in just one moment by um, Ed Bagley Jr. Oh! I had completely spaced that it. it was 11.20. I thought it was 11.30. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, without further... Let me just real quickly, before we do anything else, Sarah, I'll just go to the phone here. Um, I thought we had about another 10 minutes to do this, so this is my boggle. I apologize for that. What better way to celebrate President's Day, though... Then the one and only Ed Bagley Jr., who's going to be joining us on the show in like five seconds. Do you want to drop the uh, back yep. there? All right. Let's see. Is this Jennifer or is this, in fact, Ed? Uh, this is Jennifer right Hi, now. Jennifer, how are you doing today?
6: Pretty good. Yourself?
5: I am rolling. I was about ready to ramp up into my coming up later on of the hour. We'll have Ed Bagley Jr. But it looks like later on is maybe, what, like nine seconds from now?
0: Uh, yep. Probably about nine seconds.
5: Excellent. So how are you, Jennifer? How's your life going?
0: Doing great.
5: Excellent. Fantastic. All right. So shall we stand by? Shall I put you back on hold?
0: Uh, Nope. We're ready. We're going to place you in right now. All
5: right. Excellent. Thank you. He says with a pregnant pause.
0: Hey. And Begley
5: Jr. Hello, sir. How you doing? How are you, my brother? Couldn't uh, be better. Let's uh, now welcome to the Rick Emerson Show, Ed Bagley Jr., uh, the star of the reality television series Living with Ed. And that is is, actually, is that actually the name of the book that just came out, too?
8: It's very similar to that. It's Living Like Ed. Living Like
5: Ed. And it's how to be environmentally friendly without being like a granola-crunching nutcase.
8: Exactly, and while saving money. We'll show you how you can save some dough and uh, save another kind of green, the environment. First of all,
5: can I tell you, Ed Begley Jr., what massive fans we are of yours in any number of projects? Um, First of all, Sarah, just go ahead and say it. I loved you on Arrested
7: Development.
8: You're very kind. I love that show myself. That was a very good show. I
7: still can't get over. I, I rewatch it all the time. I, like any season, it doesn't matter what it is. It's so great.
5: I have to tell you this: if I was to run down a list of shows that I love or have become obsessed with over the last few years, you and Ted McGinley are in about 85% of them. Uh, Thank you. And, so there is. I mean, so you, you. I mean, you really are up there in the most rarefied of air. So um, Arrested Development, and then you were on The West Wing, which I was actually watching season two of The West Wing on DVD the other day you were right there great um, great show and uh of course uh, one of the greatest programs in the history of television which is uh seen elsewhere where you played dr victor
6: ehrlich
8: exactly that was a pretty good way to spend the 80s with denzel washington and alfrey woodard and and david morris and uh bill daniels a great cast and I really enjoyed doing that one. I'll tell you.
5: Um, we'll uh, we'll kind of catch up on what you're doing here in just a second. But I have to ask because I'm such a nerd-like fanboy. Do you know if uh, Saint Elsewhere is,
8: is is it
5: all coming out on DVD, or is it like a one season at a time, or do you know how that's working right now? I've Elsewhere? been
8: trying to find out myself. I hope they come out with all of them. I'm glad they got the first season, but I'd sure like to see them all. It's uh, it was a great experience, and there's a lot of people who want to see it again and I'm one of them.
5: We're talking to uh, Ed Bagley Jr. We'll talk about your show in just a moment, Living with Ed on HGTV and your book uh, Living Like Ed. Uh back on uh, the Arrested Development tip as the young people say, how does uh, do people come to you uh for that kind of a stuff, for that kind of a thing or is it just is it uh, were you familiar with the show before that? I mean, how did you come to be on Arrested Development?
8: They just came to me. They uh they said, "Hey, there's a character they want, you know, you to play." Called Stan Sitwell and what do you think about? It? I said, My God, Arrested Development is the most brilliant show out there. Are you kidding? Sign me up.
5: And you know, and then when you
8: I'm sorry, Sarah?
7: Oh no, I was just I was just reading a little bit about um Mr. Bigley and how he's a vegan as well, like our Tim Riley.
8: Well, I'm a recovering vegan now. I uh I used to be a pure vegan. I haven't had meat since nineteen seventy, red meat, but I started eating salmon again. I was it's all Rochelle's fault. I was cooking it for her one day in the kitchen and it sure looked good. I was. Uh, we have our yeah. Our news director here is a uh, is a proud vegan. So God bless her. She's um, she's doing better than me. Is all I can say.
5: Let's talk about um let's talk about living with Ed, which is the HD HG, uh, series for a moment. Is the book Living Like Ed a direct spin off of that? Is it uh, you know is it is it tips? Is it a day by day guide? What what is the book?
8: It's a how to book. There's a lot of stuff taken from the show, but there's a lot of new stuff too about ways you can save energy and put money in your pocket. That's the thing I want to emphasize. A lot of people are put off by the big ticket items, the solar, the electric cars, the giant wind turbines, stuff that I bought after many years of doing this. But I urge everybody to do it the way I did it in 1970. I didn't have a lot of money. I picked the low-hanging fruit first. I did the stuff that was cheap and easy, and then I built from there.
5: Is it true that you, and I don't remember this, but very vaguely, is it true that on The Simpsons you drove a car that was, and I'm quoting, powered by your own smug sense of self-satisfaction?
8: Exactly. It was uh, without the word smug. They decided not to do that because they were trying to get me to do the voice, and I did. They said, I come up in a car, and they said, what is that? I said, it's a car powered by my own sense of self-satisfaction, and I, I pull away. There's little electrodes connected, connected to my head. It was pretty funny.
5: Um, when you do something like this where you go through your house and you, you, know, you try to make it more green and more eco, whatever, is it,
8: I mean, it going to be one of those things where I have to get all Bob Vila and you know, have like a
5: power sander going in my kitchen or something? Because I'm going to lose a hand that way.
8: No, it's simple stuff, much simpler than that. Compact fluorescent bulb that you can just change a light bulb and save a lot of energy and save the environment. Energy-saving thermostat, very easy to install. Uh, riding a bike if weather and fitness permit. Taking public transportation if it's available near you. Home gardening if you got a little piece of dirt in your front or backyard. Uh, home composting if you have room for that. Uh, all those things cheap and easy that I just mentioned, and you're going to be saving dough, uh, you know, in the very short run.
5: We're uh, talking to uh, Ed Bagley Jr. He, uh, he has his own reality television series, Living with Ed on HGTV. The book is Living uh, Like Ed. I'm going to ask you something right now that I've never understood. Please now to explain briefly, what is biodiesel, Ed Bagley Jr.?
8: Biodiesel is, uh, you know, auto diesel actually invented the engine to run on vegetable matter, to run on peanut oil and other kinds of plant-based oils. And then people... Decided that they would run it on other oil made from petroleum, which you certainly can do. But his idea was to have farmers make their own fuel that they grew in the fields. Now, with the way the world population has grown and everything, it's my opinion for years, not just recently with the current spike in corn prices. But I said, look, we should make biodiesel, but we should make it not from the corn, but from the corn stalks. We should make it from switchgrass, from the agricultural waste and not the very important soybeans or corn that you can use to feed people. So I'm in favor, as I have been for years and on the record of this, in favor of biodiesel, but I want it made out of ag waste, not the raw corn.
5: Uh, we're talking to Ed Bagley Jr. We'll do uh, one brief uh, question here, and we'll sort of wrap things up. The book comes out tomorrow. Uh, it is called Living Like Ed. Terry, uh, you have a question for Ed Bagley Jr.
7: Yes. Hi, Ed. I, I love you. I love you. I've, I've loved you Thank you, for a long you Terry. Time. Um, I wanted to know... Do you have an average of how much uh, it savings you get with your electric bill by putting solar panels on your, on your roof?
8: I won't lie to you. The system that I put in in 1990, there were no subsidies then. There were no net metering laws in place, so I had to put in batteries, lots of expensive stuff. It took me 17 years to get a payback on that. You can get oh. a payback in eight or nine years with the kind of subsidies, the kind of systems that exist today. Still, that's a long-term payback for a lot of people. So get to that when you can afford it, but start small and build. Get the energy-saving thermostat, the good insulation, the double-pane windows, all that stuff. Get a lot of bang for your buck. Then start thinking about solar.
7: Yeah, we've done that. In fact, we have a a heating. We built our own solar um, heating panel for our swimming pool. Wow. Which is... um, black pipe that's heated by the sun.
5: You're a much better person than I am. All right. That was, uh, okay, Terry, thank you so much. Uh, Ed Bagley Jr., the book called uh, Living Like Ed comes out uh, tomorrow. Uh, the show is Living With Ed. Um, as we wrap this up, I have to ask a question. Is, is my memory failing me, or did you actually uh, appear on Homicide Life on the Street as Dr. Victor Ehrlich?
8: I appeared, and I think they did call me Victor Ehrlich. You're right. You're right. They did. It was Tom Fontana. That was his show Homicide Life in the Streets," and he was one of the producers and writers of that, and he got permission from MTM to do that I think, and he certainly had my permission to do it and so it was very funny and and uh, uh, you know i got to uh, you know, I got to be Victor Ehrlich again in homicide
5: which of course is uh, you know the irony of that, and that means that all of Baltimore and in fact about eighty percent of the television world is in fact just a, f- a figmentation of
8: tommy Westfall's head I know. All right. Ed Begley,
5: Jr., is there a website uh, that people should go
6: to?
8: Yeah. Go to edbegley.com. Click on the top of the page. You'll see Living Like Ed there. Or go to amazon.com if you wish and just type in the keywords Ed Begley, and it'll come up with the, uh, the title Living Like Ed, a wonderful book how-to book to save money and the environment.
7: I love your picture on the main page, too. That's Thank you. you.
8: There is
5: a fetching picture of you with Liza Minnelli at uh, com. That's right,
8: right. there is, and that's from Arrested Development.
7: Yep, I remember that one.
5: Ed Bagley Jr., the book comes out tomorrow, and it's called Living Like Ed. Thank you so much for your time. Best of continued success to you, sir.
8: Thank you so much for
5: having me on. Thank you, my friend. There you go. Archie, if you want to uh, wrap that up there. All right. There you go. Thank you. It's 503 2 970 503 733
7: 2970. The
4: Rick Emerson radio program. All right.
5: How surreal was that?
7: That's rad. I I could tell Ed Bigley Jr. I loved early development. I had like, I thought
5: I had another 10 minutes to set it up and then I look at the screen. Ed Bigley Jr. is holding.
4: Not a moment wasted though
7: in that interview. That was great.
4: That was good.
7: What I think a, I have a little crush on him. What now. a weird job we have. They don't
5: stand I'm up sorry, road. Rick Ed Bagley Jr. is waiting for you. Yes, he is. All right. We'll take a break here. Come back with Lisa Desjardins around the corner. Singing radio Correspondent Steve Captain Baum, and Tim Riley. Don't go anywhere. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. We're live on President's Day. Stay there.
7: No, not at all. She's no, it's true. She's a funny color. I'm just saying,
5: you know, she's one of Ed's people.
7: This is really good.
5: What a weird program. I think I kind of like the fact that I sort of forgot about the Ed Bagley Jr. interview because it was like he was just there. Like, I looked at the phone. Why? Who could it be? Oh, it's Ed Bagley Jr. Let's have him on the show. Why don't we? Excellent. All right, thank you, Ed. It's 503-733-2970. And who knew that... I mean, I don't mean to knock Ed Bagley Jr. Again, I was a big fan of his and many of his television productions. I don't I don't watch his HGTV show. I know Tim does. I don't. Just, just who am I kidding? I'm not going to do any of those things. But we get guys like this. This is from a friend of ours who does some video work. Rick, I shot a bunch of video at Ed's house in L.A. for an environmental TV show. It's surprisingly modestly sized, and Ed Bagley Jr. himself was amazing. He showed us his exercise bike that he pedals it adds to his batteries in his garage. He has an oven that he cooks with that cooks with sunlight. <laughs> that doesn't even sound real. Uh, and his yard that's 100% native and needs no water or care.
7: God, he just seems like one of those like naturally happy wonderful people with like a fulfilling marriage completely
5: and, and just smiles and yes. just like has like a little ding <laughs> on his teeth when he grins at the camera. His oven that cooks with sunlight. On Cherry Drop Lane with marshmallow clouds. (laughs) Uh, He says, we took a break when Selma called. Yeah, that Selma, Rick. What a kick-ass guy. Ed Bigley Jr. rocks. Thank you for the interview. No, thank you, sir. All right. Uh, Well, we're supposed to be talking to, speaking of interviews, we're supposed to be talking to Lisa Desjardins. Any second now. Any moment now. Any
7: second.
5: 11.35. Any second she's going to (laughs) call. See, and here's what's going to happen. I'm gonna look at the phone for like 10 seconds. I'm gonna to write your to cuts right now. I'm gonna to decide to plunge on ahead and just discuss whatever I was, discuss what we were talking about before Ed Bakelet Jr. called us. Uh, and then as soon as I do that, the phone's gonna ring and it's gonna be Lisa. I will now look at the phone and wait 10 seconds before beginning my discussion of what Rick Emerson did this weekend. screw it all right so here's what i did this weekend so i never did i i don't even think i asked you what you did over the weekend no. because we were talking we were doing the news with tim and then i got distracted by a thing and then ed begley jr called us so
7: oh what did you do sarah well rick emerson nothing i went out with actually i didn't go to any shows or anything um no i just went out with a bunch of friends went to a few parties um went for long bike rides in the sunlight and i meant to it, do that it was very lovely
5: i meant to do that saturday and then again sunday and, then also and
7: i watched once
5: all them, how great is that?
7: Oh my god! Yeah,
5: how great is that movie? You know they shot that I movie. I cried at the end. I, I'm I'm man enough to admit that I uh, that I teared up not at the end. You know, uh, you know when I got a little choked up. Hmm. Anybody you want to call me a pussy? That's fine. That's that's fine. Well, Bring it on. Didn't... Uh, no, it's uh, it once is a great movie. It just came out last year. You know those guys were just here too.
7: I know. I'm so bummed. I, Sarah Wagner was and I frames. Was, It
5: was, well, no, 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 not just the frames. The guy and the girl. We're Both at the them? Kink Performance Lounge. Sarah Wagner, like,
7: God damn it!
5: it! I know, we missed it by, like, you know, however long. But um, Once is a movie that came out uh, late last year, uh, and it stars... It's
7: pretty recent.
5: Yeah, it stars the lead singer from The Frames, uh, who I wasn't really familiar with, but he was also the guitar player in The Commitments, the movie The Commitments. Um, so it's that guy and then some uh, some girl, and they play... He is a street musician... Uh, you know, he has, like, a straight job, but he's a, he's a guy who, you know, he's a street performer, and you know, like a busker, and then she is just some girl, and the movie follows about, I don't know, like, a couple months in their sort of relationship. That's just, like, a week. Is it a week? hmm I thought it was the last time that, okay, or more time than that, but, yeah, it's a great movie. It really is. You know, they shot that whole movie for $160,000. No way. Which can't even be done. Like, that's not even possible. Um,
7: God, It's such a sweet, the music in it is amazing. My friend Heather it and she said that she's been obsessively listening to the soundtrack and she can't take it out. And she's like, I'm buying that movie. She did a U. She's like, she went and she bought that movie, brought it over to my house, yeah. and she's like, you watch this movie so that we can listen to the soundtrack. Well, yeah,
5: you know, I watched it a couple weeks ago. I came in and I was like, you got to see it. Mm-hmm. Anybody who loves music or if you love sort of the, the world of musicians, it's just, it's a really, really great film. And um, it's sweet without being cloying. It's, um, you know, it's sort of charming without being sappy. The moment, and I'm not giving anything away here, but the moment where I did get a little choked up uh, is it's early on in the film. It's when they go into the music store together and he teaches her that song. Mm-hmm.
6: Uh,
5: you know the uh, that na that song. Oh God, and that he's, song
7: is so beautiful. And he's sort of
5: singing her the hook without singing the words. He's mm-hmm. going in like it goes like this, dun, 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 and then.
7: And you can see them making this beautiful product together. And then
5: they stop and they play the song together. And it's such a beautiful song.
7: And I love it when it just uh, switches over to and you can see the guy who's working in the yeah. shop and he kind of looks over and smiles at it's, him and keeps writing it his is, thing. It's
5: a wonderful movie. It really is. It
7: is. And it's not over the top. It, it's not cheesy yeah. at all it's and a, it's not like this you know it's it's not this huge romantic love story between two people it's like this love story about music
5: it's a, that's really what it is too is it's not it, when i saw it i was like oh god it's going to be some sappy thing between a hard scrabble guy and a scruffy young girl with a dream and it's not that at all it really is it really is a love story about now we just sound like girls but it really is a you should
7: totally play a song from it it's a holiday show
5: it is a love story about you know the relationship that two people have with music mm-hmm. it really is a great film so um uh, it's called Once, uh, and uh, I watched it with the subtitles, I'll tell you that. Um, I still
7: have it, I'm, I think I'm going to go home and watch it again today.
5: I found the dialect really hard to understand, because it's, it's in Ireland, and so I watched it with the subtitles on, because I was losing a lot of the dialogue, even though it's in English, but uh, anyway, uh, it's a great film, I bought the soundtrack, I watched it and I bought the soundtrack that day. Uh, I went online to uh, whatever whatever music store, it was like, 9 dollars bought it, so...
7: All right, we'll let's just go into your weekend because I wrote to Chris. I haven't heard back.
5: All right, uh, well, we got Steve coming up here in a few minutes, anyway. So there's once, and so speak. This is a good way to tie this all back. So speaking of music, uh, I went to see Wednesday 13 on Saturday, which was like the best thing ever. It's unbelievably good. I ran into a couple of listeners who were there. God damn, that guy puts on such an amazing show. It. Uh, it I almost feel bad talking about it because. Like, he's here, and it's already gone, and I don't. I looked at his tour schedule, and they're not coming back anytime soon. Uh, his, uh, his record comes out in, like, April, I think, is when his LP... He's putting out a full-length and an EP at the same time in April. Then they're going back on the road. They were so good. Wednesday 13... They'll probably come
7: back sooner than you think. Oh, a lot of man. people return to Portland pretty quickly.
5: Uh, Wednesday 13 Who are like a horror punk band. Uh, you know, I hate to compare them to The Misfits, but that seems to be the obvious... You know, the obvious sort of antecedent. Um, It's sort of like the Misfits meet sort of a billion-dollar babies-esque Alice Cooper. Um, Just an unbelievably uh, good show. And uh, the opening bands were okay. There was this band called the AKAs that kind of sucked. Um, a band called Creature Feature, who were sort of like a heavy metal Danny Elfman, mm-hmm. where it's a lot of weird keyboards and calliope music and sort of sort of nursery, like morbid nursery rhyme songs were sort of interesting.
7: this, this can be kind of touch and go sometimes. Well,
5: it was the wrong... The Satyricon's a wrong venue for that. It was just, you know, because that place is just such an armpit. Uh, and that was the wrong place to hear anything that was sort of carefully constructed with keyboards and, you know, sort of delicate instrumentation. Not the right place to see that band. Uh, But then Wednesday 13 came out and it was just... I mean, that's the second time I've seen those guys, and it was just jaw-droppingly good. I mean, anyway, I'm not going to go on and on about a, a show that, like, no one went You know no who's coming that see, you would but, really like mm. uh,
7: next week, The Mountain Goats?
5: Yeah, you played me that song of yours. Mm-hmm.
7: Yeah, they're playing two nights next week. You should uh, try and check them out. It's probably going to sell out pretty quick, too. I might do that. All right.
5: Is this Lisa? Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome now to the Red
4: Hammer Show, from the Hill,
5: CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins. Hello, Lisa. Hello. How are you?
9: I uh, right, I'm well. How are you guys? I
5: am rolling. I overslept this morning, but what can you do? <laughs>
9: that's
7: I don't hear your voice. Yeah. That's what time you woke up
5: today? I, uh, I'm i supposed to be here. We go on the air at 11 o'clock Pacific. I woke up at 10. Uh, so oh. I, got to work about, I got to work about half an hour before the show was supposed to start.
1: Uh, oh, that's fantastic. And I know,
5: see, and to most people, like people with an average job, that doesn't sound... You know, whatever. I mean, the average person shows up two minutes before they have to be there, and in fact, most radio DJs will show up to their gig, you know, like 90 seconds before they're supposed to go on the air. But it doesn't really, it doesn't really work when you're doing a job like this. So I'm uh, feel, and then here's the other funny thing. So you'll appreciate this. So I get to work late. Uh, there's no coffee. Then I can't find my coffee cups. Then you know, like I lose my headphones. Then whatever. So we roll onto the air at 11 o'clock. It, meanwhile, in my head, it's still about 10.25 because I'm like 35 minutes behind on the stuff I'm supposed to do to be ready for the show. Yes, We haven't even finished the opening segment of today's program when I look down at the phone and I'm told that that, uh, that Ed Bagley Jr. is calling us. So, I mean, it was just the most surreal thing where I'm trying to get my bearings. And this is all about, um, I don't know, this is about half an hour ago. Trying to get my bearings to be rolling with the program and suddenly Richie comes and goes, hey, Ed Begley Jr. is on the phone. So... <laughs> Just all like a very weird, surreal uh, interruption to the show. And anyway, so it's been one of those days. How are you? How's Perfect. The, how was your weekend?
9: Uh, you know, actually, it was it was really fantastic and it was pretty delightful. Got a lot done. Actually, did the Valentine's Day last last uh, night, and it was good.
5: Hey, speaking of delightful, have you seen the uh, have you seen the film Once?
9: yes i just saw that last week
5: how great is that movie sarah it's a
9: great movie we were
5: just bonding about that about the because i saw it a couple weeks ago and then sarah saw it over the weekend you know they shot that movie for 160 thousand dollars
9: i believe i believe it and it's so good i mean it's it's a movie that if you spent you could you could spend millions of dollars on that movie and you, it wouldn't be much better
5: it's a, it really is a wonderful legitimately a charming film and uh, and without being uh, cloying or manipulative in any way, They uh, as people often say about it, uh, they earn it in that movie. It they really do is.
9: earn it. That's right. they really earn it. And I'll I'll say without uh, giving any. Details. I'm a fan of the ending. I'm definitely a fan oh, yeah. of the ending. Oh,
5: yeah. no, it's, it, it, they, they, And I think that's the sort of movie you really can only make if you are an independent filmmaker. Because yeah. otherwise you get the meddling hands of the studio trying to, you know, the, the awful Hollywood machinations imposing themselves on the story.
9: I Le- will say, don't, it, it, it doesn't work. We had a friend watching uh, it with us who was very uh, sleep-deprived. Yeah. And it's a tricky movie to get through if you're sleep-deprived. It's tough. It's sort of, it sort of lulls you it, into, <laughs> into this relaxed.
5: Because it is a, kind of a soothing exercise yes, in filmmaking. Yes, exactly. All right. Uh, well, let's move from the soothing to the scorched earth. So yeah. I, I opened Drudge today, and I said that there were like nine above-the-fold headlines where Hillary Clinton's campaign is trying to paint Obama as a plagiarizer, Plagiarize, plag, plagiarist. plagiar Plagiarist?
6: Yes.
5: Hi. How are you doing? I'm a professional broadcaster. I was waiting.
6: Broadcaster. <laughs> Exactly.
5: Uh, anyway, so uh, we are now entering, I mean, the the, the bare knuckle uh, phase of this, and as part of that, uh, Obama met with, I mean, it wasn't a secret meeting, but he met with John Edwards. What about did.
9: that secret? Everybody loves to talk about the secret meeting. That's cracking me up. Yes, but and, they, it, I'm not sure it was really, you know, there was no chanting. No funny hats, nothing like that.
5: <laughs> nobody had to uh, Nobody had to drink any Kool-Aid.
9: Um, <laughs> we'll,
5: we'll see. So, is, so I mean, it's inevitable that Edwards will endorse Obama, right? That's just a fait accompli I don't think at this so.
9: point. I honestly don't think so, Rick. I think it's possible that Edwards will hold off, not endorse anyone. I think he's honestly on the fence. I think they question the experience thing with Obama.
5: Do you think? So you think he might withhold his endorsement not because he likes Hillary, but because he questions Obama's ability to win?
9: Uh, I think he questions potentially Obama's ability to be a good president, to be a commander.
5: I have to tell you, let me ask you a question. This is sort of off the beaten path here. Okay. Do you think that this, I don't know, just this this unbridled, um, gushing coverage of Obama and his momentum and his campaign is going to backlash on him? It, it, it seems i mean
9: yeah so you're you're are you testifying as someone who uh, thinks it's been a bit over the top I, I,
5: I you know and again I, I'm not trying to knock the guy I mean you know i I'm, I'm sure right. you know there's people who any given candidate is liked by some, loathed by others, the truth is usually somewhere in the middle, I acknowledge that right, but I do feel like there is just this i mean like every piece of coverage I read about the Obama... As somebody said, and I forget, it might have been a friend of mine who said this, I forget where I... Somebody sent this to me or I heard it. They said that the Obama campaign increasingly seems to be about how great the Obama campaign is. (laughs) I mean, the campaign, it just seems to be this sort of snake eating its tail where it's a lot of, we are running the greatest campaign because our campaign is fantastic. And there is every piece of press right now seems to be a big love letter, a big Mm -hmm. wet kiss to the guy. And I wonder at some point if that kind of boomerangs on him a little bit in terms of people wanting more substance and in terms of people just thinking this, you know, if it was just putting a bad taste in the mouths
9: of the electorate. I think that's possible. I mean, I also think that part of that is honestly um, some Clinton spin. I I think they're really pushing that notion, that he's all style, no substance, and that the press loves him and, oh, isn't that sweet, you know, kissy-kissy with the press to try and undermine his message. I think his message is really legitimate. It's not hot air. I think he truly means that he does, he's tired of the bickering in Washington, does want to try and shake things up, cut through the lobbyists, do all that. The more legitimate question is, will he be able to? He says he he really can. But I think all these questions about uh, his press coverage and those kinds of things yeah, the press definitely is more enamored of Barack Obama than Hillary Clinton, but I think that that's a red herring. I don't think that that really is, uh, that really speaks to which is the better candidate at all. I think that it's a Clinton camp spin to bring that up and to say, oh, well, you know, of course you like him. He's so, he's so nice. He sent you a little sweet note, you know, like <laughs> I, I think that, I think that that is, um, I, I think that's just that that cuts away from, I, I think there is some real substance there with Obama that that's trying to undermine.
10: And it does seem... But,
9: it, but I think you're right. I think that perception is growing. I think the Clinton campaign is doing a very good job of getting that out there.
5: It, it really is like I expect to see him on the cover of, uh, like, Tiger Beat, at, <laughs> you know, at some point. Really, honestly, you know. Barack tells you his dream date ideas.
9: <laughs> well, uh, the, the funny thing is it's now that he... Uh, this comes right as he is actually working overtime to get out. Some substantive ideas. He just had a big economic policy paper last week, but nobody really is paying attention to that, unfortunately.
5: Um, and you had touched on something, I think, a week or so ago that I, and I read an article about this in the Times something over the weekend about how Al Gore is sort of, you know what it is? Al Gore is sort of that uh, parent who keeps, who, you know, when the kids are finding upstairs in the bedroom and, Al, you know, the dad keeps saying, don't uh, look, if you keep, I'm going to come up there. <laughs> if you make me come up there, then you are going to be sorry. And is Al Gore sort of doing that in the Democratic Party right now? Is he sort of looking at Hillary and Barack and saying like, "Look, if you don't make me get you both in a room."
9: I think there's under I think it in, in uh, as much as Al Gore ever could be like that. <laughs> as much as he could ever say anything sort of um threatening because I'm not sure he's the most threatening character in the world, but I yeah, I think that's right. He's he's really staring him down and saying, "You guys get it together." But I, mean, I think these next three weeks are going to be telling. That's where we're going to know if Hillary really has a shot or not.
5: Oh, it's very exciting.
9: It is very exciting. We, you know, we've got the debate on Thursday, so we're going down there. I'm going over the Texas superdelegates, trying to find some unpledged superdelegates. Though so I, I think their hour may be ending. I think I predict two weeks from now the, the superdelegates, their, their window will have closed. People won't care anymore. But yeah. right now –
5: they're hot. They are. What is that? Was it Newsweek or Time or somebody that used to do? No, it was Entertainment Weekly that did the hot list. <laughs> exactly. What, what people right. are talking about this week. And right. So for this one brief window of time, super, yeah. okay, here's the thing. You can use use this. I will give this to you. You can steal this and use it without crediting me. I will be your ghostwriter on this. Okay. Super delegates are the new hanging chad.
9: <laughs> yeah. I like it. I like it. But uh, see, now I feel like uh, you who have criticized Obama... For uh, taking a line from a friend, I don't don't know if I can do it. Then.
5: No, no, no. But see, I'm giving you, I'm giving you permission. And I didn't criticize Obama, by the way. Oh, but you uh... know what?
9: Obama got permission. That's the thing. That's why you got to be careful about all this spin, Rick. The Clinton campaign comes out and says, "Oh, he took, stole these lines," but actually, it was his buddy Deval Patrick, the governor of Massachusetts. Said, yeah, like they've talked about it. And Deval Patrick basically was like, yeah, use this line. This is a great line of mine. Well, let me, just,
5: let me just clarify first and foremost. Yeah. I, in no way do I believe anything that the Clinton camp uh, says. So right. at no point did I believe that Hillary was being honest with those accusations. <laughs> I just simply like to spread unfounded rumors and scurrilous <laughs> gossip. I oh, like, that's
9: completely different. That's, I like that's this, cool.
5: I just sow division. It's what I do. <laughs> All right. Are you on tomorrow?
9: Um. Uh. I don't think so. I think I'll be fly in. I might be. I'm not sure. Yep. I-, I might be traveling tomorrow.
5: I'll tell you what, then, because we have to. Uh, we have to go here in a second. because so our friend okay. Steve Castamont is getting through. But the next time we speak okay. to you, I will play you uh, a little bit of a soundbite. One of our listeners had de- has deduced what celebrity you sound like <gasps> on the phone. Oh my! All right. Okay. Well, that'll All be right. the next one. Wow. All right. Happy President's Day to hey, you. Hey, and to you. Thank you, Lisa Desjardins. There you go. Fantastic. All right. Sorry, I know Steve's trying to get through. I lost track of time. Whatever. Oh, it's okay. All right, there he goes. All right. Stare at the phone. We ready? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. What an action packed show it's been already. Ed Bagley Jr., Lisa Desjardins, and Steve Kastenbaum from New York City. Hello, sir. Hey, good afternoon. How's life? Sorry about the uh, kerfuffle there. It's a little bit of a. Uh,
10: That's okay. Actually, I think the reason Lisa got to you so late is because she and I were discussing our plans for tomorrow and the rest of the week.
5: So, (laughs) so uh, now uh, something. What is what is tomorrow?
10: Oh, we're we're heading to Austin, Texas.
5: Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So now, are you heading down there too?
10: Yeah. You don't seem like a
5: Texas kind of fellow,
10: Steve. I hope to get a big cowboy hat, yeah, <laughs> big shiny belt buckle. Go down there, kick some crap. <laughs> but uh, Austin, if you're going to go to Texas, that's like the place to be, isn't it?
5: Uh, well,
10: sure. Yeah, yeah. Music-wise, right? Well, mu-
5: music-wise, yes. I uh, I guess, you know, if you're going to be in Austin, that's the home of the Alamo Film House, uh, you know, which is a, there's a lot of uh, great independent uh, cinema, a lot of, you know, that is a hotbed of some of the, uh, you know, it's sort of the Sundance of the South. Mm-hmm. Um and that is the uh, Austin, Texas is in fact the home of I don't know if you're much of a nerd. Uh Austin, Texas is I believe the home of ain't it cool news.com uh which is sort of the definitive uh, clearinghouse for geek movie news. So oh. uh, a guy named Harry Knowles lives down there and he's sort of the Matt Drudge of the geek world.
10: So, Maybe uh, we can uh, pay him a visit. Uh well he's I
5: think he's about 900 pounds in housebound so that would be pretty easy. <laughs> I don't really know. I think he's he's sort of the Henry Hudson of the uh, uh, of the blogging world.
10: Once again, we pull out a Henry Hudson reference. Hey, you know, All right.
5: There's no story into which I can't work a Henry Hudson reference. You're going to find that <laughs> out about me. Um, let's see. Uh, well, real quickly, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because it's sort of a hideous story. But so this guy who goes in, chops up the therapist into a bunch of pieces with a what what one story called a meat cleaver and a bulging bag of knives. So now the latest thing is that he was holding some grudge for like 19 years about something.
10: Yeah, you know, it's a really strange story, and uh, apparently he was actually uh, being seen by by the other therapist in the office. It's not even clear yet. The police are having a hard time piecing this all together. But uh, his family had uh, spoken to some reporters, and his brother said that they tried to get him committed again, that that every time he was in a mental institution or, or a psychiatric unit, that they would beg the doctors to keep him in there and eventually they would release him because the guidelines would call for his release and and they the, the family said you know they kept trying to get him the help that he needed but uh you know he'd want out and eventually they'd have to let them, let him out and, and now He's charged with murder in the second degree, uh, attempted murder for severely injuring the other therapist in the office, and uh, assault as well.
5: You know, it's just one of those things. That's one of the things that sort of creeps me out about this world of ours. You just never know. I mean, you're passing some guy in the street, or you're standing next to some guy in a subway, or you're sharing an elevator with some guy. You just never know who's standing next to you and is secretly clutching a bag of knives under their coat. You just don't know.
10: <laughs> you know, it's really, it's really sad because uh, you, 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 if you're having problems like this guy had and you start taking medication after receiving psychiatric treatment, you're fine. If you have some issues and the medication helps, then, you know, they let you go. But it's really up to you to keep taking the medication and if you stop taking the medication, things like this sometimes, sadly, can happen. I remember covering a story on Long Island where there was a, a schizophrenic gentleman who, while, when he was on medication, he was fine. But he stopped taking his medication and he became uh, extremely delusional and paranoid. And within, within a short amount of time, he literally went into the church down the block and, and shot up people in the church and killed yes. a bunch of them. Yeah. yeah. Well, on that note, uh,
5: we will probably then not speak to you tomorrow. Is that the deal?
10: Yeah, I'll be in in transit. But uh, Wednesday and Thursday we'll talk with you.
5: Absolutely. All right, my friend. Travel safe. We'll talk to you soon.
10: Take care. Steve Kastenbaum, ladies
5: and gentlemen. Let's quickly do these, then we'll break. We'll come back with Tim Riley. If you're on hold, we'll get to you in just a second. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson
0: Show. Hey, how are you guys? What's up? Um, So given how successful uh, the arrested and uh, office show into the mission were, are you guys planning anything else?
5: Oh, uh, okay, so yeah, we, we did, uh, in conjunction with Court and Fatboy and on Rock 101, KUFO, uh, we showed the original British series, The Office, uh, and Arrested Development. They did Firefly, uh, I sort of was nominally involved in that, but they really did that. Firefly. Um, I don't know, uh, we sort of toyed. We've sort of toyed with some other some other stuff, but uh, to the best of my knowledge, and let's be clear about this, this is largely a thing that Court and Fatboy do, and they allow me to sort of piggyback on it with their show. Um, I don't believe anything else is in the works right now, but I could be wrong about that. So um, if if you don't listen to them already, you ought to check out Court and Fatboy on KUFO Nights, and um, and uh, they, they may be announcing something. So I'll, I'll let you know as soon as something develops, though. Do you have any okay. suggestions, sir? Uh,
0: my vote is for Entourage. Hey, that's not a bad oh, that's idea. that's a
7: great suggestion. I think
5: that probably won't happen, though, because HBO's pretty notorious for cracking down. Like, I know when bars would try to show The Sopranos or something, HBO's pretty, they're pretty famous for cracking down on folks who try to show pay programming stuff. So, there's a little something there. Entourage is not a bad idea. We could do something like that. So, we'll uh, we'll look into it, though. All
0: right, thank you. Thank
4: you,
5: my friend. One yep. more here, and then we'll break. Hi, you're on The Rick Emerson Show.
0: Saint Elsewhere that's the one they should show when that comes out on DVD. It's the
5: best the best show and gets overlooked I think because it has never come out on DVD or VHS but a hugely hugely influential program influential program. I mean really unbelievably influential. Well,
10: it has gone well it has going for it what the Star Trek movie doesn't. I mean we we miss Saint Elsewhere. We're we're hungry for Saint Elsewhere. Here's
5: you know Saint Elsewhere is actually so the, the shadow that that program casts is so long that even now, like in, in recent years, uh, network television programs will do Saint Elsewhere references. Uh, there was something, God, it was like, the hell was it? It was um um, it wasn't CSI. It was Law and Order, I think, just like a year ago or something. I was watching Law and Order, and Law and Order did like some flat out Saint Elsewhere reference. And, I mean, that's the, – the thing that St. Elsewhere has going for it is that that program is beloved by people who also make television programs. So it's – yeah, it's got a long shadow, no doubt about it.
10: I just wanted to give you a heads up. Uh, that uh, song, Falling Slowly, yeah. on once, nominated for Academy Award.
5: Yeah, you know, there was some d- debate about that, too. So Falling Slowly, which is the song – in once and how great that they don't have names. It's just guy and guy girl. Guy and
7: girl, guy's dad, like, oh I love it.
5: Um that song that they play in the record store, yeah, it got nominated for an Oscar. The Oscar they it almost didn't though, because the deal is you can only have a song can only be nominated for an Oscar if it was written and composed specifically for a film. And there was some controversy about whether he had written that song earlier for a Frames album because there's a version of that on the Once soundtrack and then there's a version on the Frames record. And the Academy was saying, well, look, it's also on this Frames record, so we don't think you wrote it for the film, so we're not going to nominate it. And he actually had to go back and sort of provide demos and... Show different versions of the song and the dates on them to show that he had written it for the film And then the film took so long to come out he went he said like screw it and put it on the frames record, too But yeah, it is nominated for an Oscar, which is a fantastic Unjustly overlooked for an Oscar is the score from there will be blood So that's a little bit of a uh, little bit of a ball punch, but what can you do?
10: Well, Well, you have three songs from Enchanted on there and you know to the exclusion of all else like you know something's wrong
5: Yeah All right, right. have a good day. Thank you, sir. All right, one more, then we break. Come back. Tim Riley, you have news for us around the corner? Yes, yes. Exciting. Hello. Hi, Rick Emerson Show.
2: Hey, Rick, this is Chuck. What's up? Hey, I'd like to see them do Black Adam.
5: Black Adam, Britcoms are really popular with the kind of folks that go to see Firefly or something at Mission Theater. There is something about...
0: So it may not be so, uh, they may not be as uptight as HBO.
5: What you're basically saying is they're way over there, so they'll never find us.
0: Well could, yeah, yeah, maybe that. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
5: That's your that's your cunning plan. Yeah,
0: tell pass that on to Aaron. All right, thank you. So... All right, fantastic. Excellent.
5: <sighs> this has already been a show's worth of material in just one hour. Action packed is what it's been. A thrill a minute. All right. We're not even we we're just getting started on the Rick Emerson show. Tim Riley back around the corner with the Ministry of Truth. Uh, Later on, Aaron Duran joining us in the studio. And Jim Rube, stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Back after this. Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. Still to come today, Aaron Geek in the City, Duran. Also, Jim Roof about the impending demise of Nancy Reagan. Uh, At the Ministry of Truth, this, however, is Tim Riley.
1: Time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. For the first
4: time ever, Amtrak passengers will have to submit to random screening of carry-on bags. This is a new major uh, security push that will include officers with automatic weapons and bomb-stipping dogs, patrolling platforms and trains. Uh, This uh, represents a significant chip for Amtrak, which unlike the airlines, a relatively little increase in security since 9-11. But then again, I ran into these things when I took uh, Amtrak to uh, Vancouver, BC, a few years ago. So I was actually going
5: to ask if that was a thing they did in other countries, because I think the uh, when Laura and I went to uh, Europe, I think we took the train from London to Scotland, mm-hmm. uh, and then in Scotland back to London. Obviously, and I don't think anybody searches for anything. Yeah. I mean, I think I could have had plutonium, and they wouldn't have noticed. So, although, what is it really to blow up in Scotland? I mean, honestly. There's just acres of rolling green moss everywhere. So there's really nothing
4: to attack there. Yeah, I was taken to a back room. to be questioned. Where? Uh, Vancouver, B.C. Because I was traveling alone. Really? If that's I used to travel all over the world by myself before 9/11. Then after that, you can't do that anymore. How did they? How did they do this? How did? They, okay, first of all, now I have to know. When, so where were you? Like, were you just in line with your luggage or something? Yeah, I was in line with my luggage, and they kept bringing. Well, they were watching who got off with who. Right. And, of course, I was by myself. I, I wasn't standing next to anyone. So they kept bringing this dog next to me. The dog could care less. Then they brought it again. Still could care less. Right. Still could care less. Then they uh, come with us. But they figured you're alone. You must be up to something. Our our dog seems to be very interested in you. And I'm thinking, you kept pulling that dog next to me. And that dog didn't <laughs> care about me whatsoever. And so, now,
5: did they say, like, you'll need to come with us and sit in this room? Mm-hmm. Now, was it unnerving? I mean, it, they're Canadians, but, I mean, still...
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I first I knew because I was traveling alone, right? And, and so you read tags. So they try to pin things on you, and they, we're going to go search through your bag right now.
5: Go right ahead. And so did they? Yeah, did they search you personally or just your bag? Took out my
4: wallet and went through everything in my wallet. Really? Mm-hmm. That's a weird sensation. Yeah. Uh, we're going to make a phone call to your government right now. Go, go right ahead. You look a little scared. I go, I'm not. <laughs> you're just Canadians. What can you do to so me? So they either call someone or pretend to call someone, right? And then after all this. Okay, thanks, Tim.
5: Is that where you suspect, though, that the guy's over there and he picks up the phone and he's got his hand down on the button the Correct. whole time? He's not really calling anybody. No, no, no. We've got Tim Riley. No, we're gonna beat him with sticks.
4: You know. And then... Well, my first thought was, uh, you know, if you live in California and you're in the media, they kind of red flag you with some secret code. And I, I wasn't sure if that was left over from when I lived in California. What do you now? What do you mean? If you're in the media in California, your driver's license is tagged with something that identifies you as being in the media. I didn't know that. Yeah, ever since that uh, that girl that got killed, Rebecca Schaefer. Yeah.
5: Oh, so is that so? Is that so? You can conceal your uh, your uh, information.
4: Correct. So I'm thinking somewhere in somebody's computer that was still ah, in there. Ah,
5: there's some sort of a flag next so to your name. So that's what man. I was thinking
4: all along. Ah, I see. And I think that's what it could have
5: been. Nobody in California would hire me, so I didn't know that. Right. I, never, I never got to find that out because yes. no one would give me a job in California, <laughs> despite promises to the contrary, I might add. Come on out. We'll
4: hold a position for you.
5: Mm-hmm. I'm not bitter. Here's Tim Riley.
4: Uh, so yeah, so I'm a little bit about going to Canada. I'm never going back because no. I was mistreated.
5: No, death, de- death to the Canadians. They're dead to us. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just I have no desire to go to Canada. I and I, I don't mean that I have no desire to go to Canada. The same way that I mean I have no desire to go to Nicaragua. Mm-hmm. Um, I just going to Canada seems sort of pointless to me. Um, you know, what? I, I'm sure it's a fine country. It's I mean, go without violence. That's what I was just going to say. Other than the lack of gunplay, really, what is there to see in Canada that I can't see here? So I just uh, look just like it, you know. It's
7: beautiful. I, Vancouver, BC yeah. especially, is very strange looking. It looks like a city of tomorrow. So
5: it doesn't look like... Now, I was always told that Vancouver looks like Seattle.
7: No, Vancouver no. has these huge... It's kind of starting to look like uh, down, like right down near the waterfront mm. next to Enercom, like those big, huge circular buildings right. with like thousands like of like Jetson buildings? It is the future. It's the city of the future. Like when we All went there, Well, that almost very makes me neat looking.
5: Well, maybe I'll just... Uh, you don't go alone. I was gonna say maybe I'll maybe I'll get I'll just rent someone to travel with me. If my wife doesn't
4: want to go. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, so a guy is uh, a guy is dead after being attacked outside a bar in Saint John's in the middle of the night.
5: Totally like an onion. head. A guy is dead after being wailed on by these three one dudes.
4: So a 25 year old man is charged with murder after allegedly uh, assaulted a guy outside the bar in Saint John's at 2:30 in the morning. The victim was 54-year-old James Daniel Brault. He was found conscious, and taken to a manual. The two had just left Slim's Cocktail Bar moments before the attack at 2.30 in the morning. Slim. And uh, apparently some disagreement ensued. Uh, police arrested Aaron Justin Christian in charge him with second-degree assault. Now it's murder. They learned that uh, Brault's condition began to deteriorate, and he died early this morning. Uh, they're gonna have an
5: autopsy, but we know that he was beaten to death. Death by living in Saint John. Death by poor neighborhood choice.
4: yep so, actually they were dining at Slim's Cocktail Bar at eighty six thirty five North Lombard. I'm sure they appreciate the endorsement. Woo Can I just tell you this?
5: So uh Larna the other day I think I'd picked her up at work or something. Anyway, we were all driving around and it was kind of late. I think we we were coming back. Oh, you know what it is? It's just can I just dovetail for, into something else for a second? You can do
4: whatever you want. It's your program.
5: I'm just well. I be that as it may. I'm saying, do you mind if no. I do something very? Why would I It's a holiday, so I think maybe a little more latitude today. I don't. No. Anytime. time. up your valuable
4: news time. No, it doesn't have to be a holiday for you to speak as you wish.
5: Completely fritter away valuable minutes of airtime. Not at all. No, but you know, for Valentine's Day, I got Laura this Roomba, which is badass, by the way. Talk more about that tomorrow. I'm going to bring it in and let it clean the studio while we're on the air tomorrow. Um, but, uh, no, so she bought me this scale. Oh, it, did you bring it? Well, no, see, this is the thing. She ah. bought me a scale that you stand on it, it, tells you your weight, and then it tells you your body fat percentage or whatever it is. Um, but it didn't It didn't work. It was all glitchy. So we take it back to the store, and apparently they just sort of put out a new model of that scale, and it's notoriously bad. Like it, it has like a 90% failure rate or something. So, Anyway, blah, 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 blah. So we just had to – we couldn't even exchange it because apparently they're all bad. So uh, she returned it, got her money back. She has purchased one somewhere else, and that should be here in a day or two. So sometime this week – she bought one from a different company. Sometime this week, the scale that will tell me my body fat percentage will be here. I'll bring it into the studio. And here's the thing. It's going to be one of those things that, like, no one here will be seen using – but it's going to be used by everybody. Like oh, I know yeah. as soon as Tim and I leave the room, your shoes are going to be off and you'll be standing on the scale getting your body fat calculated. It's just a thing everybody's going to do. Um, but so we were out late. It was like 9 or 10. And we hadn't eaten. And we thought, well, yeah, there's really nothing at the house. And we're kind of hungry, but not really hungry. Where should we go? And so we were heading from downtown back into southeast. And we ended up not stopping anywhere. But We did this one Huge, big loop all around Portland. I think we went up to 82nd, and then took a left heading north. And I think we drove all the way out. I mean, like as far north on 82nd as you can possibly get. Back to where all the to where all the buildings are grimy and have bars on the windows. And we passed. Let me just give you. Here's an awkward name for a business. We passed a place that I believe is one of those lingerie modeling, you know, stores called Honeysuckle's. And I'm not sure if that's I'm not sure if that's a verb or, um, and then all the way back down Sandy and back to my house. But you pass a lot of bars like this one, Slims, where you just know that you go and if you get a, you give anybody the hairy eyeball for more than a second and a half. Yeah, those guys right there, those guys are going to come beat you to death. No, he's the victim. Yeah, but this guy on the right's the beater, right? Yeah. Yeah, that where that guy doesn't he look like a guy that had cut you? Uh, oh yeah. He looks like a guy that had cut you and pull out your eyeballs. <laughs> So, anyway.
4: I'm just limbs and die. <laughs> Here's Tim Riley. Uh, so, anyway, uh, a student at, at Clackamas Community College, which trains the leaders of tomorrow, has been taken into custody for mental evaluation. Tim. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, a student at Clackamas Community College was taken for mental evacuation or evaluation <laughs> after sheriff's officials know he had published messages on his MySpace Talking about music for Killing Spree and wanting to destroy the world. Beginning in Clackamas County. Benjamin Thomas Caldwell, who is an Eagle Creek 23 year old, posted comments that include Ava Maria, this is the song that would be my soundtrack for Killing Spree. I don't think the world is worth saving. I want to destroy it and I want to take my hate for this world out on everyone. It's getting harder not to start breaking things, it's getting harder not to start shooting. Well, Thursday morning, an official representing uh, Clack Community College notified the uh, Clackamas County Sheriff's Office of the postings. Uh, deputies consulted the Clackamas County Mental Health Authorities and local Portland Mental Health Facility together. They decided to take Caldwell into custody without delay for a mental health evaluation. Yes, I would think so. And after a couple of drinks at Slim's. <laughs> <laughs> he was a cooperative and he was an arm. Uh, he was arrested in the Clack in uh, 2007 <laughs> for driving under the influence and has additional recorded traffic violations. Well done, sir. He applied for and was issued a concealed handgun license in <laughs> Clackamas County in July 2008. Of course he was. Which has been revoked in light of this. Well, he did try to better himself by going to Clackamas Community College, <laughs> where the future is tomorrow. <laughs> did you see that the guy who...
5: Um, Shot up at school um, in, in Chicago. Was it in Chicago? Outside of Chicago. Outside of Chicago. You, you know, all of his guns were purchased legally, of course. Mm-hmm. Just a country awash in five... You you basically get guns in your breakfast cereal in this country. So you don't find that in Canada? No, I mean, Canada doesn't... I mean, I don't know a whole lot about the Canadian uh, legal system, but they... It's... You can't own handguns in Canada, can you? No. I think yeah, I think handguns are illegal there, Period. So uh, and strangely enough, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of firearm death there. No. Um, all right. What can you do?
4: Uh, the uh, Portland mother of twins has run NBC's new reality program, American Gladiators, during the grand finale, and now she's preparing to compete next season as one of the gladiators. She's Monica Carlson. She hails from Milwaukee. She started out as one of the 26 female contestants selected to compete in this season's reality sports program. First, she won the debut, then kept on winning until she made it to the grand finale. Uh, she won by racking up the points in each of the mini competitions that pit gladiators against regular people. So, apparently, she's one of the Milwaukee superwomen. With
5: uh, legs like, like tree trunks.
4: She earns $100,000 in cash in a new SUV and a part of the cast of the American Gladiator show next season. You know, I feel
5: bad for not watching American Gladiators. I feel like I should have because uh, I watched the original American Gladiators when it was on some years back. And then this one they rolled out basically because of the writer's strike. But I. Like, Dave Zinn was all over me to watch it, and then I meant to, and then I I just never did. And I feel like I'm missing out on part of the quintessential American experience by not viewing it. But, you know, what can you do? No Scott Farrell, no American Gladiators. That's my rule. Here's Tim Riley.
4: Well, let's see uh, what kind of people were cleansed up the face of our Oregon Earth over the weekend. Two men were (laughs) shot to death by sheriff's deputies in Linden and Washington counties. One held a hostage at gunpoint at a gas station. The other was shot after ramming two patrol cars in Washington County. So who's dead? Uh, let's find out here. Shan Grudmeyer, 39 of law, was shot on the road leading to his home following a pursuit in which two patrol cars were ran, so he had it coming to him. A uh, Beaverton police officer who had tried to stop him early in the evening did not catch him. He was wanted on a felony warrant and uh, was offered questioning in a criminal mischief case. So they fired two shots, and then he was taken to OHSU and died. Excellent. Uh, two Japanese names have not been released. Uh, but they've been placed on administrative leave, so they get a they get a little vacation where we bad guy they shoot. So after
5: shooting good, a guy who clearly deserved it.
4: Yep. So, wonderful. Uh, let's see who else gets shot. Earlier in Brownsville, a Lynn County deputy killed a man after taking a teenage girl hostage at gunpoint at another gas station. Hard in the direction of the deputy and refused to drop his weapon. The dead man is Robert Earl Thompson of Brownsville. So. Better off without him. Right. So he won't be creating any more children who look just like him and, and act in <laughs> that way. Well. Uh, so that's it. Oh. What about the guy that drove in the tunnel like Goose Hollow? But by the way, I do like the idea of having a segment
5: Monday where we talk about people cleansed from Portland well, over it, the weekend. I think
4: it's a great idea. Really. Weekend cleansing. Yep, and we're all weekend. a little bit better off that somebody's doing this.
5: No, it's true. Cleansing. All right, excellent.
4: Why should we, the taxpayers, pay to have them put in prison? the say when we're going to let them out, they're going to cause more problems.
5: Seriously, process through the legal system and then eating on my dime. I don't think so. It's not going to happen in this, this man's world. <laughs> no. Thank you, boys in blue.
4: So uh, those of you who uh, come down to the big city from Vancouver better learn not to drive in max tunnels. The max tunnels are just for the max, not for automobiles. A max service was disrupted over the weekend after a man from the Couve drove his late model Grand Prix into the east entrance of the Washington Park Tunnel, (laughs) stopping about 75 (laughs) feet short of the max station platform. Well,
5: there are these tracks here. I bet that's for a car.
4: Naturally, max trains ground to a halt. Uh, Service was disrupted at 4.30 in the morning. So he had been drinking somewhere, and it wasn't restored till ten fifteen AM, which explains probably why the Max going by my neighborhood was sparking and it looked like fireworks, so this probably caused that. Uh, police arrested Stephen Stein of Vancouver on charges of DUI and he caused twenty thousand dollars damage by driving his car into the Max tunnel.
5: You know, being from Vancouver, he will of course not have the financial means to pay back any of that damage he caused no. by the way. So garnishing his wages for the next millennium. Mm. Also, uh, did you see? I mean, it was a few weeks back, but you know, it happened on a Friday after we were off the air. But did any of you guys see the coverage a few weeks ago when that uh, Max hit a train or hit a bus downtown? No. It was Friday about three weeks ago. It was like at seven o'clock at night, so we were already off the air. I'm mm-hmm. flipping by KGW, and they it was right down by Borders Books on Third and whatever that is. 3rd oh, that's where right. I
4: hop on the train to go home. That
5: train hit a bus the other day. About three weeks ago, it was about seven o'clock at night. Flipping by, and a ma- I think it was the bus's fault, but I may be wrong about that. But the bus, like thought, you know, I can make this light cut right across. And just got t boned by a MAX train. Ugh. It was really creepy. Uh, nobody was injured, but it was just one of those things that's very unnerving. So anyway, so there you go. So don't drive. Don't be an ass. Don't drive on the MAX tracks. Is hey, that a PSA? Yes, it is. Yes, Lacey, attention, Lacey, Lacey don't, don't be a dick. For- this message brought to you by the Ad Council. Um, I don't know who the Ad Council is. I mean, who's on the Ad Council? Is that like some sort of a star chamber of, of probably somebody from Claire Channel? I mean, I've been hearing those. For... This message brought to you by the American Cancer Society and the Ad Council. Who's the Ad Council?
4: Well, you have to find the office and go in and see who's there. Hold on. Is Lacey here? Do you see her in the next room, Sarah? She was here earlier.
7: Yes, she was here.
5: Well, it's not a big deal. I would just like to know who's... Where's the Ad Council located? How does one become a member of the Ad Council? I did, the Ad Council is sort of like the quorum of the Twelve. I just have no idea how you even how you even get there. All I know is that Dick Orkin is a member. That's the only thing. Uh, Richie, I hate to be this guy, but when you get a chance, could you see if there's a coffee cup around somewhere? Because I think I drank from mine this morning, and then I threw it away. No, didn't you break it the other day? Well, no, no, that's my regular, my permanent coffee cup, I do, which I love. My favorite coffee cup. Dropped it down the stairs, shattered it into a skillion pieces, uh, and so the last few days, I've forgotten to bring a replacement cup, so I'm drinking out of these weird bubbly styrofoam cups we've got here. But, like an American, I drink from it once and then throw it away. And then, so now I need a new one. So I can kill as many trees as is humanly possible.
4: I don't think they're made from trees. Oh, they're it's made, made from, from recycled stuff. It's made from
5: styro. Mm-hmm. Or it's made from whatever. Things from China. <laughs> made from dinosaurs and hate. Here's Tim Riley.
4: Uh, you are now a vulnerable citizen if you're a Portlander who is not driving. The Portland Police Bureau has changed its policy to comply with the law regarding collisions between cars and pedestrians and bicycles. So, if you're riding a bike, a skateboard, walking, or even in a wheelchair, you are now labeled, remember this term, a vulnerable citizen. Now, getting in a collision with one of these people means the incident will be investigated by its fullest. If somebody ends up in the hospital, one of the parties involved will get a ticket. So, uh, more cars are getting tickets. The reality is, they're going to find out whose fault it is. Uh, Thursday morning, a bicyclist, not the driver of the vehicle, this time got a ticket for careless driving by running into a dump truck. It's always a big dump
5: truck, isn't
8: it? (laughs) Totally.
4: Those things scare me. Well, the person tried to pass on the left while the truck was (laughs) turning.
5: Well, I have to tell you, ever since that uh, poor girl got crushed up on Burnside in 14th, Mm -hmm. I am very conscious if I have to turn across a bike lane. I, I really am. I have uh,
7: friends who, like, will still ride between cars. Oh, God, don't. It scares the crap that out of me. Just... My friend Kyle is the worst bicyclist ever, and, and I get me so angry. mad at him.
5: It makes me angry. And, again, I blah, blah, blah. I'm in no position to talk about bicycling, blah, 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 Fat ass blah, blah, blah. But I remember when um, Becca and Sarah Wagner and I and some other people did that, um, that hottest day of the year ride, and you know where it's like 5000 bicyclists all going on this you know some some predetermined path over the course of a couple hours and there was i mean people just rolling through red lights and stop signs and every time it's like that's why people hate bicyclists that's why bicyclists get
7: hit i i try to be as friendly as possible like, i'll give courtesy waves to cars even when they don't deserve yeah. it you know i'm just like i'm trying to like put some you know, happiness out there like and don't and hate you're
5: me. you're not and yeah in, in any face off between your bike and a car you're going to lose So I try. ever since that girl got killed, though, I really, really am very careful about turning to the left or the right without checking because, man, I want to turn and, you know, because in the best case scenario, you turn early enough and the bike just drives into the side of your car and then your car's all scratched up and whatever. In the worst case scenario, you're going to be rolling over somebody. So that's no good. So, yeah, so don't do that. Don't be uh, that. And don't walk in front of my car for the love of God. Jesus. And don't
4: break the mirror on my passenger side. Exactly. You to drive by and clip that thing off. Oh, Richie's bringing That's me what a coffee.
5: Thank you, Richie. You're a good person. Um, I'll just I'll have two of them. Just leave these two down here. All right. Thank you. It's Richie Bristol brought us some coffee cups. Here's uh, Oh, and Lacey apparently doesn't know anything about the aid council. Doesn't matter. Here's Tim Riley.
4: <laughs> uh, Portland has been named the greenest city in the entire USA. In your face, Ed Begley Jr. In this month's popular Science magazine, Portland, is called The Greenest City. It made it to numerous best of lists in recent months. The greatest city honor is just the latest. The mayor says it's time to take advantage of this attention. Portland is the top city in the United States to have a baby, said the mayor. Uh, Tree City, USA, it's a great place for walkers. One of the uh, top 10 auto fleets in the U.S., whatever that means. Um, probably that means city vehicles and like flex car stuff, I would imagine. Oh. We have the best airport. Well, it was till they started construction and closed yeah. all the good stores. No, yeah, no, no, that was just a mess.
5: Airport's a pain now.
4: It was good. I don't know why they ruined it. Yeah, I like you know, PDX is a great airport though. It
5: really is. Mm-hmm. All things being equal, um, it, it PDX is actually one of the best airports I've ever used.
4: Mm-hmm. I mean, they have fewer multi breeders going through your luggage than most airports. <laughs> oh man, but I uh, well, never mind. Never mind. Uh, what else do we have that's good? Uh, we have fine cooking in restaurants, fitness, bicycling to work. Green building practices, livability, independent movie making, clean air, and recently historic building preservation. Oh, and also the Rose Festival for those who go. Any comments? Uh, no. I was going to say something about green, blah 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 blah, but and then what happened?
5: I don't know. Green is sort. It's uh, green's not even the new black. Green is the new metrosexual. It's a term that everybody uses that we're all going to be really sick of in about six weeks or so, and then by next year we'll all hate using it. It's been going
4: on for a while.
5: Uh, Hello, hi, you're on The Rick Emerson Show.
11: Hey, Rick. Hey. Hey, I, uh, I I drive for TriMet. I got more information on that uh, thing, that tunnel thing over the weekend. Oh yeah, the
5: jackass that drove his car into
11: some Yeah. Yeah. The newspaper article doesn't give you the the whole picture that it. it says he was 75 feet away from a station. Uh-huh. That was the, that was the Zoo station. He was 2 miles into the tunnel. Oh, oh Jesus. The only thing that stopped him was there's a the gate they close when the last train goes through to prevent pedestrians from walking through the tunnel. And they didn't find him until the crew came in, in the morning to open up the pedestrian gate.
5: I don't even understand how that happened. How, how would he, you?
11: He came from Goose Hollow. And, uh, you have that stop at 18th right. and, uh, 18th and Jefferson where if you make a, you cross the light, but you can make a right turn onto the max tracks. Ah. And that's what he did. Alright. Okay. So he was two miles into that tunnel Jesus. at the zoo, at I wonder, the zoo station. I wonder if he was just sort of driving along going, well.
5: Well, I wonder where this is about. I wonder, wonder where I, why well, don't they, I don't
11: see any of their cars. Well, they said he realized his mistake, but he decided to keep going through because, uh, it didn't appear to be any other traffic and he thought it was safe.
8: <laughs>
11: no congestion.
8: <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's
11: just insane. You know, it's, the system cannot be idiot proofed. I mean, no matter how hard you try, somebody's gonna be stupid enough to, to circumvent the system. It's crazy.
4: You know, I'll let you go deal with I guess that. I it's happened
5: again. Right, bye now. Thank you. <laughs> there you go. That's Don. Clearly something you need to attend to, Don. All right. Well, that's a long way. Yeah, two miles into that. Jesus. All right. Yeah, there's just... I mean, really, there aren't enough, like, rubber bumpers and cops uh, to protect uh, the people from themselves in this world. There really aren't. All right. Well, that's always a shame when that happens. <sighs> yes, I suppose. Well, he didn't get hit by a train, though, right? No, I don't think they're running that early. But yeah, that maybe- so, I mean... Yeah, that's, so that's his good luck that the train wasn't, like, speeding through. How fast does a max go, do you suppose?
4: Oh, it, well, in the city itself, it kind of crawls. When it gets in that tunnel, it goes a lot faster. I mean, it could rip right through that. I mean, yeah. I imagine that it'd kill it, you no, dead. It, it rips right through that tunnel. Yeah. It just goes slower when it comes to residential areas. One dead Canadian. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley. A Harrisburg, a Pennsylvania teenager might have been well on his way to earning his driver's license if he hadn't hit a brick house. Quentin Gann practiced parallel parking, changing lanes, making turns for months. But he needs more practice on ice. You see, Gann and his cousin were on the way to a road test in a borrowed car. The 16-year-old turned left, hit some ice, the car landed on its side, wedged between a utility pole and a rowhouse porch. Now Christina Sears says her house shook. It scared my cat so bad her hair stood up. Gan and her cousin, climbed out of the passenger side window, uninjured, but the car needed a tow truck. Looks like I'm going to leave driving alone for a little bit.
5: And this is what, on a drive, taking a driving test? Yes. Well, he was practicing taking a driving Practic test. Practicing test. Uh, this is, and what? how old? Is this like this a high same. school? Oh, okay, yeah. So this is, every high school, by the way, had the one guy who did something like this while going out there and driving, you know, whatever, taking driver's ed class. Um, there was a guy named John. Uh, and I won't give him his last name because he's probably still... This is one of those things that he's probably spent his entire life trying to live down. But there was a guy named John who was in my driver's ed class who went out one day with our teacher and was sort of dra- tooling around... Da- and, let's, and let's be clear about something. Downtown Kennewick is not like a metropolis. It's not... Downtown Kennewick is not, not like a bustling hotbed of activity. But he was downtown, and it was uh, one of those things where it was like a you know, bunch of... Uh, not a strip mall, but like that. A bunch of uh, storefront streets. And... Um, Anyway, he was supposed to pull in to a parking space that was facing a store, and I think he was driving a stick shift he must have been, but he let off the clutch and just drove right through the front of like a like a True Value hardware store, right, and didn't hit anybody. Nobody was injured. Uh, but drove right through the front of a hardware store. So at least they had all the means right there to prepare to uh, you know to, to repair the opening. But drove right and I mean, how do you even go back to school after that? How do you even walk back into driver's head? And that was before cell phones. That was before instant messaging. But by the time he got back to school, every single one of the fifteen hundred people at school knew that he had driven through the front of a hardware store. So I do not. I am glad I know. You know, a couple years ago, I had to take my Oregon driver's test. Because my license had lapsed when I was in California, I didn't want to buy, bo- and I knew I was moving here, so I didn't want to bother to get it renewed. So I waited till Oregon to get my license renewed. That was not a fun time because you start, uh, you have all of your flashbacks to the anxieties of taking your test when you were 16. Um, you know, you, and, and then you start thinking, what if I failed? And I'm going to have to come back again. And I think it was Big Jim from the Marconi Show who failed his, he failed his written test like five times or something. And it's amazing to think that you can just fail it repeatedly until almost by, like, sheer chance you happen to pass it, and then they just give you a license anyway. Like, it does, you know what it's like? It's like that CBS indecency test they give us, or the, you know, don't grab the breasts
4: of your coworkers uh, test that they you know that we'll have to do. And it's, you, it's like the Red Cross uh, CPR test, which I failed, but I still have my card. Yeah, exactly. They, they print out the cards ahead of time. And what they'll do like a, you know, you know, your co-worker says
5: MF on the air, you know, in morning drive. Is this acceptable? A, sometimes. B, never. C, always. And, I mean, you can get every single question wrong until just by dint of elimination you have locked onto the right answer, and then they will happily spit out your verification form. Congratulations, you've passed. Go forth to drive and or broadcast. It's all very... Try not to think about
4: that when you're driving home against oncoming traffic. Let's do one more, and then we'll take a break. But, here. you know, that t- that test, they don't tell you ahead of time, but it has some confusing things in it. it. It asks you questions about logging trucks. I had never seen one in my life. Oh, yeah? You're from California. Well, you're from the New you're from it, New it, England and then it, California. It's like... Uh, what is the uh? What if a, a logging truck blows? You know, how do I know? <laughs> I've never even seen one on the road. And they showed a picture on this thing, and I'm supposed—do I go around it? Do I go to the side? Do I stop? I don't know. Now, is that
5: a—do you suppose that there are um regional equivalents to that
4: elsewhere? To the logging truck question? I don't think so. I've never seen a logging truck anywhere but here.
5: But I mean, uh, do you suppose there are driving questions in California or New England that would not—that I wouldn't understand?
4: In California, you just give them a check, and they give you a license. <laughs> There's a big line of people. They don't have time to ask you questions. Are you a legal citizen? Okay. They don't even ask that. Oh. Go get your there picture you taken. Fill out a form. There you go. <laughs> but it costs hundreds of dollars to get one. Just
5: give you a license and a handgun, and
4: you're good to go. I never took any tested <laughs> It just stood in line. And I was shocked when I came up here. I was told I had to take a trip. So I'm watching this program about logging tracks and being asked questions about them. I had no idea. Well, I got them wrong. But in spite of getting the logging track questions wrong, I wasn't given a license. Wonderful. Well, I try to to stay as far back as logging tracks as I can because I don't know the answer to the questions about
5: them. (laughs) So you're always just going to go with D. Stay nine miles behind the truck.
4: Get away as soon as possible.
5: (laughs) Take the next exit you see. Hide out at Moe's Snack Shack for an hour and a half. Let's take a break. We'll be back after this. Um, Tim Radley returns around the corner with more news from the Ministry of Truth later on. James Roop, Aaron Geek in the City, Duran. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's President's Day. Don't go anywhere. Twice. <laughs> <don't say> that. <laughs> Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503 President's Day. I believe, now I don't know that this is true, but this is what I've always heard. President's Day, so named because southern states wouldn't celebrate Abraham Lincoln's birthday, which is what I believe this originally was. I think this is supposed to be Abraham Lincoln's birthday, but of course... Um, after the War of Northern Aggression and all, uh, I think the yokels down south said that they wouldn't celebrate it, so we decided to call it presidents. Anyway, we're here.
4: Here's but it the... was Lincoln's birthday and Washington's birthday the same month. But if we merged? Really? Is that true? Yeah. So, now, is that because they were born in the same month or just
5: because we decided? They born in the same month, okay. I believe. I think we've merged them all under the heading of... This is like in the 80s when all of those different companies were just merged under the heading of Beatrice. Everything's just merged under the
4: heading of President's Day.
5: Here's Tim Riley.
4: Uh, so, uh, we have some comments made on a recent episode of CBS's Big Brother. It's causing outrage in the autism community. <laughs> a contestant is shown saying people with autism are retards. He's Adam Jasinski, and he made his uh, comments on this Big Brother program.
1: Now, I did PR work for the Non-Autism Foundation. I'm All right, good stuff. I want to get some money. I want to do a hair salon. Is, okay. is retarded? I can't, understanding understanding you're you're
4: I can't understand anything you're saying. I can't get the done. I can understand a word about that either. Let's bring that back again, <laughs>
1: Now I did PR work for you non know, the Foundation on the Alright, good stuff. I'm doing i gonna get some money. I'm gonna do a hair salon for kids with special needs, you know what I'm saying? So the retards can do it together and get their hair done. <laughs> I
6: you
5: don't understand what he's, he's
6: saying.
1: I think
7: and I think did you hear it so- so that the retards can go get their hair done? I
5: heard hair salon for retards.
7: Oh. Maybe it that's is. Not good. Let's play that
5: one more time. One more time.
1: <laughs> now, I did PR work for the Non Autism Foundation. playing right, good stuff. I'm going to get some money. I'm going to do a hair salon for kids with special needs, you know what I'm saying? So the, so the retards can go together and get their hair done.
5: <laughs> Your little evil cackle is really what tells the whole story there. So, I... Autism Unlimited. Autism Unlimited is that like a fashionable clothing store where I can buy a helmet? It is. <laughs> it
4: is demanding a CBS political <laughs> show off the
5: air and where buy a mouth
10: guard in 50 different shades of pink? The way that uh, they're basically uh, demeaning the people in our society who are less capable of standing up and defending themselves.
4: Megan's just like Don Imus.
10: We think oh, that God. the statements Mr. Sure. Chersky said are in every way as offensive and repulsive. As uh, the statements
11: Mr. Linus made,
5: Autism Unlimited.
4: Where'd you get, Where'd you get that wonderful oh, I jumper?
5: I bought it at Autism Unlimited.
4: It's Autism United. Oh. I'm sorry.
5: Autism Unlimited sounds sounds funnier. Autism Unlimited sounds like a sort of well, it sounds more hopeful. Uh, Autism Unlimited sounds like some sort of a self help seminar for people who are differently abled.
1: <laughs> now I did PR work for non-autism foundation. I'm All right, good stuff. I'm going to do a hair salon for kids with special needs. You know what I'm saying? So the, so the retards can do it together and get their hair done. <laughs> <laughs> that is
5: hilarious. Uh, okay, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know that much about autism. So autism is sort of like a weird...
4: It's like a thing, right, where you just... Uh, I'm not sure what autism is. I don't really know either, actually, now that I, now that I, I think mean, there about are, it. There are many diseases out there, and I'm, I just don't know anything about it. Well, that's like that.
5: We had the whole discussion about spina bifida that one day, and I, I didn't know what that meant. Uh, so, autism, this is another one of those things where everything I know I learned from television. Uh, all I know about autism comes from St. Elsewhere and the character of Tommy Westfall. I think that's it. And here's uh, Tommy Westfall would just sit there rocking back and forth and then occasionally run around screaming and shattering windows. So in my head, that's what all autistic people do. Maybe that's wrong. Now, uh, I hate to use this. I hate to say this. Now, Rain Man was autistic, wasn't he? I hate to be that guy referring to using Rain Man as some sort of oh, a microcosm. So
4: it's like Dustin Hoffman.
5: Yes, you become short and Jewish. Okay. <laughs> Autism Autism does, in fact, make you a diminutive Jewish man with terrible choice in movies later in your life. Um well, that does make sense. But was it, wait, was that not the deal, though? Wasn't Wasn't Rain Man autistic? Yes. So, well, this doesn't help me out. So if Tommy Westfall just sat silently and then screamed and threw things, and Rain Man counted stuff, that doesn't help me at all with understanding what autism Well, I guess it doesn't matter. They all have to get their hair done somewhere. So mm-hmm. there you go.
7: Okay, so it's distinguished by a pattern of symptoms rather than one symptom, uh, their impairments in social interaction. Could I be autistic and not know it? In communication, no. restricted interests, and in repetitive behavior.
5: Well, no, that does sort of sound... Is, it, is there a master list of symptoms of autism?
7: <laughs> people with autism have social um, impairments and often lack the intuition about others that many people take for granted. Check. Uh, autistic children do not prefer to be alone, making... They do
5: prefer to be alone? They do
7: not. Oh, okay. Oh, well, then I'm not
5: autistic. No. no. And neither am I. I wish to be left alone always, all the time. Hey. I don't think any of us have that. No. Okay. So we are whatever. This else... is
7: interesting. So the the default picture on the Wikipedia page is a young, like a young boy with autism, and the line of toys that he made. Look how they all go from. It's like making the He's make a lot of patterns compulsively
5: and... arrange them. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, I don't know. Uh, so but you we're... don't
7: really compulsively arrange, but you have that weird thing with the specs.
5: I think that's just being crazy, though. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I are on the Rick Emerson show. Hello.
1: Hello. Hello. Uh. Uh, autism is, it, have you seen The Boy Who Could Fly or Benny and June with...
5: Um, Benny and June, yes. Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio. No, no, no. That's uh, uh, Johnny Depp. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Um, they never come out right and say it, but both the main characters in that film um, resemble autism. In
5: Benny and June, really? I have to go back and watch that again. I've only seen that once, and it was a long yeah. time ago.
1: I have a stepdaughter who's uh, autistic. Yeah, okay. has Asperger's. She, Which is the highest form, functioning form of autism. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And mainly what we notice is that she's 12, but she seems like she's, uh, socially she's like five or six.
5: So now it's not like a, uh, a cognitive thing. In other words, it's not like diminished ability to think. Is it just, uh, is it, uh, sort of well, a, like diminished of, interaction?
1: Of, yeah, exactly. A lot of sensory disorders. She doesn't like to talk. She won't talk. You know, and she, uh, she doesn't like the way certain things feel
5: so it's like a so it's sort of a uh, a reaction to stimuli around you that is just that is it exactly. altered things, in some way
1: things things can be really loud or too soft Weird. they will um um in some cases harm themselves to feel the extremeness
6: yes. yeah
5: right. okay well, all right that and then there's nothing they can do for that right like there's no like
1: well, they can't no, give you anything I mean, for it some people think that uh it's caused by. Heavy metal poisoning, right. mainly mercury. Right. Uh, Jenny McCarthy is that's what she blames. But I mean, it it's not the, like. Uh,
5: but if they find you're autistic, it's not like they can give you some medication that fixes that. It's not oh, like bipolar no, disorder
1: or something. No, 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 no. Um, they can. Uh, they give. Uh, they can treat symptoms. Right. You know, to make you more uh, able, uh, able to function in society, but nothing really you can do to like, fix it.
5: All right, excellent. Well, thank you for clarifying, sir. Now, we're smarter than we were a few minutes ago. Thank
1: you. Thank you, my There's
5: friend. There's this
7: really interesting movie go. I saw with Kathleen Turner in it, too, called House of Cards, where um, the child in it has autism. It's really interesting. I think you'd like it's,
5: it. It's, see, stuff like that is sort of, I, I don't want to say freaky as such, but it, it really does just highlight the fact that your brain is just one big circuit board. I mean, you, to me, stuff like that is sort of the, the definitive evidence of of something like uh, the theory of evolution, or Darwinism, or natural selection, or whatever. Because your brain is just, man, it's just like, it's just like one big collection of wires. You get, you get one wire stuck in the wrong place, and I don't know, suddenly you're d- 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 sitting there compulsively tying your shoes a thousand times an hour.
4: Here's Tim Riley. Well, I was reading the story about the Christina Crawford. And she now owns a restaurant in Idaho and has a half-hour live weekly show oh. on the Spokane television channel. We have to go. <laughs> we have
5: to go see Christina Crawford at her restaurant. Oh, but it's not a live show from the restaurant. No, no. She has, uh,
4: Besides owning this restaurant in Idaho, <laughs> she has they, a half-hour live entertainment weekly television show what, on the Spokane television station. What do you suppose Christina Crawford's television
5: program consists of? I
4: don't know. We'll have to find
5: <laughs> out. Um, let's see. Showing how to properly rouge a bruise. What is uh what does it say what town in Idaho she lives in? No, we can
4: find out though.
5: Now this is all because there's apparently another book about Joan Crawford coming out. <laughs> Cuz you know Mommy Dearest of course is the uh that is the that you'll forgive the pun that is the motherlode of of Joan Crawford stories right there is that book. Uh, but we just discovered that uh, Simon & Schuster, a, who is they're owned by CBS, or affiliated with CBS? Like owned that? by CBS. Owned by CBS. There's uh, some new book about Joan Crawford coming out. So Tim and I immediately sent it to Richie. And like, Richie, you must book the author of this Joan Crawford book. So uh, Christina Crawford's living in Idaho? Yeah, she owns a restaurant there. And she does a half an hour program on Idaho or Spokane television? Yeah. Well, okay. Well, now I have to find it. Uh, let's see here. Hi, you're on The Rick Emerson Show. Hello.
2: Oh ho! Oh, hey, hey Rick! Did um, I, wake, did I wake you up? <laughs> yes, you did. I, you know, I, I I've been working. I'll oh. Put you on the speaker. All right.
5: What kind of work are you doing today,
3: sir?
2: Oh, I'm making uh, fake teeth.
3: <laughs> okay.
2: All right. I make crowns. In fact, Tim may be interested. He's going to be be getting a crown here in the next couple of weeks. Oh wait. Life.
5: So you're da- so not just for like for fun.
2: Oh no no! I'm the crown maker. Are you making technician. my crown at this moment? All right, not, I wish, no. No, I don't even know who your dentist is. Okay, if well, I knew okay. your dentist, I'd be asking him for it Work.
4: It's a, it's a she. Where
5: would you get all those teeth?
2: Okay. Uh, okay, well, okay,
5: let's stop. For, okay, where, are you at home or at an
4: office?
2: Well, I, I'm, I'm at home. I, I built a, a dental lab in my basement.
4: So, my, is, my so teeth might be coming from someone's basement. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's that's, that's, that's why, why I wanted one to, be. probably Let me urge so. you now
5: not to wash your hands, sir. Let me urge you now to have your hands covered in filth while you create these teeth. So you have a lab in your basement where you make uh, teeth or fake teeth or portions of teeth. Exactly. That's fascinating. What do you make them out of?
2: Well, a variety of materials, mostly just a little bit of metal um, with porcelain fused to it.
5: I don't really know what porcelain is. What is it here? I know that sounds dumb. Look at my mouth. (laughs) <laughs> he just looked at me and just jacked his mouth open as though that answered the. But I mean, this sounds dumb. But what is porcelain made out of? Is it like glass, where it's made out of sand? It is.
2: It's, well, yeah. It's um, the base material is feldspar. Okay. It is is so oh, good.
5: And so you, so you, uh, you you when would you, would you yeah. have to carve them or or shape them with like a filing thing, how do you make a tooth?
2: Well, yeah, <laughs> you do carve it. The porcelain comes in a powder form. You mix it with some water, and it's uh, it's like a paste of, like sand, basically. Like, like building a sandcastle. Now,
5: do you have to have, in this basement room where you make teeth, boy, that sounds creepy. Do you have to, is it like a clean room? Do you have to, like, wear one of those Devo costumes or something when you're in there? No. How do they clean the tooth before they stick it in someone's mouth to make sure that it's clean?
2: Oh, all kinds of chemicals. They yeah. just, like, put
5: it in boric acid or something?
2: Well, essentially, so anything, you know... Um... It's disinfected and that it kills anything that's on there. All right, here's another question. Do,
5: do they, um, let me, do you just make sort of stock teeth, or do you have to make oh, no, each tooth custom. custom?
2: Each tooth is custom.
1: So
5: how do they, how do you make a tooth so that it fits somebody? They send you a cast it's of a, a person's, mold. a mold? Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, they call it an impression. If, if, if well, Tim knows, he just had one. Thing. I know that this probably get into it's, that stuff that's uh, it's gooey and it, you bite into it, and then it hardens inside the mouth, so you take it out, and then you can fill that mold with all right. um, stone, you know, liquid stone that hardens. Yeah. Take that out, and you have a representation of the mouth.
5: Now, I know that this probably isn't that interesting to you because you it, it's your job, but this is sort of fascinating to me, because it's one of those jobs that is crucial, but you never really think about the fact that there is a guy in a basement making teeth all day. It's just
2: weird. You um, know, I had no clue about five years ago. That there was an industry like this.
5: Now, is this a thing, um, just generally no, speaking, no, is it a thing where you, you make a, is it a decent living?
2: Well it, well, it can be. Not yet. <laughs> but it, it's
5: not unlike my own profession, then. At some point, <laughs> one might make some money at it. Actually. Yeah.
2: All right. How I can... need more accounts. When I get more accounts, I'll be making a lot of money.
5: Well, I'll tell you what. If I need some teeth, if they're busted out by hooligans, you'll be the guy I, I talk to, sir. Oh,
2: sounds great. All right. How can I help you? And why did I call? I called um, President's Day. Yes. Okay, we used to have two holidays. We had Lincoln's birthday, and we had Washington's birthday. Right. This is not very long ago. I mean, I remember this when I was in grade school. We got Lincoln's birthday off. We got Washington's birthday. I seem off.
5: to remember that too. And
2: then at some point they decided we got to have another holiday. Well, they didn't want another holiday. They just said we have to honor Martin Luther King. So they gave him a day. They didn't want another holiday, so they combined Lincoln and Washington. Oh, I that see. President. So they
5: wanted the net number of holidays to be the same.
2: Exactly. And so, so that's they why combined they combined Lincoln, Washington, and gave us Martin Luther King.
5: That's interesting. That's a, you can sort of see the hierarchy of who is deemed important by the American people yes, by the no. terms of who lost their own holiday. That's sort of like. Um, uh, you know, that's sort of like uh, what's the what's the analogy that I'm looking for? That's sort of like when they when they're getting ready to cancel a television program or something, but they don't want to cancel it outright. They just shrink it down and put it in. It's like when I was a kid, they I, there was a computer magazine called Enter uh, that was a computer magazine for kids and. There was Enter Magazine, and then there was a science magazine called 321 Contact. And at one point, they decided that the Enter Magazine subscription space was not enough to keep it operating, but they didn't want to lose uh, the money. So what they did is they folded it into 321 Contact Magazine. So it would be 321 Contact Magazine with then like a special five-page supplement in the middle stapled in that was Enter Magazine. That's a I a dumb analogy
2: in the least. I, yeah, I... I know. It's the best analogy
5: I could come up with.
2: Well, it, it, it kind of works.
5: Okay, how about this one? Have a great day. Thank you. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Here's How about that? I'm not letting it go until I find the right analogy. How about this? It was, uh, so President's Day is like the nerd's candy of the holiday world. One box, two different flavors.
4: No, that doesn't work either.
2: All right. No, it doesn't. Good no. luck. Keep working on it. <laughs> Thank you. All right,
5: Have a day. Thank you. All
3: All bye. Right. Is it safe? All right.
4: We have a crash involving a motorcycle It's blocking I-5 at Hazeldale. Carl Klick is probably on his way there probably right Probably is. Mm.
5: Uh, by the way, you're listening to KCMD Portland. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello.
11: Maybe President's Day is like Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. It's two great tastes that great together. No, but see, that analogy
5: doesn't really work either because it, the deal is that it had to be two things which by then, by dint of economics, had to become one thing.
2: Uh, that's true. That's why
5: my nerds analogy doesn't work either. It's two things that couldn't sustain by themselves, and then they had to fold them in together. Okay, how about this? President's Day is like that A&W slash KFC that's up at like 65th and Powell. Perfect. Well, whatever. it's
7: uh, on 82nd and Powell.
5: No, no, no. It's No,
11: I don't think it's that far up, is it? It really, it's really right is. It's right where Foster
7: It's in the Gen X parking lot.
10: Nerd.
11: All right. Uh, how can I help you, sir? Uh, I know this is uh, 10 minutes too late, but uh, I just wanted to remind you that Tina Yoders thinks you're autistic.
5: That is true. So who knows? I have knows?
11: a bumper
2: sticker, approve it.
5: Maybe, I'm sort- Maybe this is like in the sixth sense, and uh, the whole time I'm autistic and don't know it, and then it's revealed to me at the end.
2: I see autistic people.
5: That was creepy. Bye. All right, there you go. that guy. That should be the, uh, you know, if this show ever goes off the air and we know about it in advance, which won't be the case, by the way, but we should just totally have this whole show have been a dream like that Aaron had or something, or like Bruce Agler. Bruce Agler wakes up and, ten chair. (laughs) Wakes up and this entire thing has been a Bruce Agler fever dream. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show, sir or madam,
11: as the case may be. Yes sir. Hello. That that last guy, Rick, uh, the teeth guy. I was
8: wondering if there's any way I can get a hold of that guy. I need some work done.
2: Oh.
5: I don't think that he does, like, work on your teeth in his... It's not like a while-you-wait thing in his basement.
11: No, I, I I I got I need to have one made, or so I would have to basically with what he's saying, I would have to go to the dentist, and they would send them the me. Yeah,
4: that's usually the way it works.
5: Yeah. I, uh,
11: well, that raises
5: an interesting question: is he is he legally able to just sort of make a, a tooth in his spare time and just like give it to a guy?
11: Yes, yeah, so because that's what I'm missing one, and that would be great <laughs> if I didn't have to go to my dentist. It's <laughs> not funny. No, I'm
4: not. It's
11: I'm not trying to mock your
5: dental pain, sir. I'm just saying it. There, radio stations will sometimes, especially on the weekends, they will do these sort of trade type shows mm-hmm. where it's like a nickel ads, but it's on the radio, where, you know, like a guy will sit there, and he will take calls from people, be- well, I got this uh, green sofa I'm trying to sell. It's got a little stain on the right armrest, but other than that, it's okay. I've, I've just, uh, I just moved into a smaller place. I'd let it go for about $55, and then somebody else will call up, and they'll say, well, I don't have $55, but I have a wearing blender that is missing the third speed, but it crushes ice really well. I'll trade my wearing blender for your green sofa, and then that's like the whole show for two hours. So this has now become some weird version of Fradio where I'm trying to get a tooth for a guy. Um, well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I'm going to put you on hold. Richie will get your uh, information, and if the tooth guy gets in touch with us, we'll put him in touch with you. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right, Richie, will you talk to the guy online, too? Seriously, if the tooth guy calls back today, I'm going to have the tooth bu- tooth guy and that guy talk to each other on the air. That's the only way I'll do yeah. it, is if they, if they agree to talk about it on the air. Because now I want to know. So, Richie, this guy in line, too, uh Maurice, will you get his phone number as well? If the tooth guy calls back, we're totally having that discussion on the air. Is this Jim Roop? I can't really tell.
7: I thought he was call for another seven minutes.
5: Yeah. Well, maybe he's a go-getter today. Alright, well let's get this guy about axe murders, uh, then more from Tim Riley, Aaron Duran joining us in a few. Hi, you're
3: on the Rick Emerson show. Hello, how Hello. are y'all? Hi, what's up? Happy holiday to you, sir. You too, you too. Still working you? like you. Um, well, you know, my son, he's going through a process right now of, uh, interviews with speech pathologists and, uh, various psychologists and things like that, trying to figure out if he's got Asperger's versus, uh, sensory processing. Disorder. Which?
5: Oh well, two things. Now, how old is your kid? He's four. Now, is it? Now, what are sensory processing? What's that?
3: Well, well, you know, the senses get jumbled in your head. Like if 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 the room is like just crazy wild, he will elevate it to the next level and be even louder and crazier. Um, or if it's super calm, he'll be introverted and be like, it, it's it's just kind of a weird. I'm still trying to wrap my head around the whole thing. So this
5: thing. whole autism type thing, it all, it, it is how your uh, mind is
3: processing
5: things to external stimuli.
3: Right, exactly. Okay. And and you know, for a prime example of Aspergers, Bill Gates has Aspergers. I didn't know that. Is yep. that true? Absolutely true. Um, he's he's Aspergers has always been Aspergers and high functioning autism. Aspergers actually plays an advantage in life because your brain is. Always working and, and just laps other people. So. Now is
5: now and I, uh, and this is a thing that has. This is not like whatever. This is a thing that has been widely known. People have written about this forever. That Bill Gates, when he is in, when Bill Gates is in meetings with people, there's a great book called Hard Drive by Jim Wallace and James Erickson about Bill Gates that I read like a hundred times growing up. Because I'm such a Bill Gates fan. But uh, they would talk about how when Bill Gates was in a meeting with somebody, he. Um, Punches up to get like he, he puts his knees and his hands together and he starts rocking back in place rocking back and forth in place really quickly when he's talking to people or thinking yeah is that uh am i just being uh, dumb or is that a thing that's related to maybe having your brain wired that
3: way i would say that would that would definitely be something that would uh be related to that it's it's uh his his mind is he needs to do that that's like a comfort thing for him to focus you know, and it, it's helped him focus. And really, the everybody that we've talked to about it is, has said that, well, if your son is Asperger's, yeah, he's going to have some difficulties in early childhood because they don't know how to respond to certain things. And, you know, my kid's a thug. He, he socks kids in preschool all the time. And, you know, but he has like twice the vocabulary of everybody in his class. But then he'll
5: be like some brainiac later on.
3: Exactly. He problem-solved, like if you give him a puzzle, he does it in half the time of the rest of the class. They do things where... They like mind games, and they have to double his mind games because he gets them too quickly. Man, so, your, your brain freaks me out, man. Oh, it does, oh, man. It just totally trips me out, too. And it's like, good Lord, I don't know. <laughs> he's, right. gonna, he's already smarter than me. Well, I was going to say, so. <laughs> stay
5: on that kid's good side. Sir.
3: Absolutely. All right. All right. Y'all have a good one. Thank you, my friend. Bye. There you go. There's uh, that guy. Weird. Yeah, I remember reading
5: in that book, Hard Driver, they would talk about Gates. I guess he still does it. He'll be in these meetings. And he'll, yeah, he'll, like, put his knees together and his hands together and sort of bend over, almost like he's sort of praying while sitting. And then he just starts rocking back and forth a lot while talking. Um, John Carmack, who is one of the programmers at id Software, the guys that created Doom and Quake, um, he does sort of the same thing. You'll talk to John Carmack, and he does these weird – he and John Romero were the head programmers every one time. John Carmack will do this thing where when he talks, uh, he – he starts inter he he I don't know if he does the rocking back and forth with me. He does this weird thing where he he does all of these weird verbal ticks between sentences where he'll talk and as he finishes a sentence he kind of goes mm, like that between sen- and he's like the smartest guy on earth. But every time he finishes a sentence mm, he does this weird thing mmm like a- as he speaks mm, and it's it's really bizarre and uh, and I always wondered if that was connected to his brain being wired like a little differently than you know the average guy. Um, hey, Richie Bristol, is this uh, James Roop? The hotline was busy a second ago because Richie was immediately on the phone trying to book that Christina Crawford, or that John Crawford book. Uh, All right. Excellent. More news from Tim Riley in just a second, uh, as well as Aaron Duran. Let's welcome now from
6: Los Angeles.
5: You, CNN Radio correspondent James Roop. Hello, sir.
0: Howdy, boss. You know, we had a guy in that play I just did. He played the character of Roy. Uh-huh. And he would sit there, we'd run lines before we'd go out, uh, you just kinda of talk through the scenes, and he'd rock he'd rock real quick, you know, and and tap his hands together and finally about the third day of the show, I said, Dude, you know, you rock like a mental patient, you know. What is that all about? He goes, I had no I had no idea I was doing that. And I said, it's very disturbing.
5: Man. It's, I, I remember going to school with a girl uh, who I remember now, and uh, we were just, we were talking about and um, autism and blah 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 and, and all of that stuff. And I remember we were we've had some folks call up who have you know like a kid who has autism or some variation thereon. And I remember now going and not like everybody who rocks in place has autism, obviously, mm-hmm. but but you think back to you know people who manifested traits like that or things that at the time you know you just didn't recognize uh, for being what they were and you know it's like i was you know 10 or 12 or 14 what the hell do i know but you you do look back and you 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 look at people like, like there's a girl i went school with who did a lot of these things she would sort of bend over and sort of rock back and forth and some and would go long like stretches of time where she didn't talk to anybody and you it's like it's like she wasn't even turned on it's like she was just off yeah um and then and then she would just go like completely mental and it, it is amazing and a little freaky, actually, when you think about stuff like that, because you think about the, like, the unbelievably. I mean, I'm not a parent. And I don't want to have kids, and it's not my deal. But you know, there's that thing when people have kids. Like our friend Lisa, just uh, 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 the Sarah's friend Lisa just had um, a kid, and they do that thing about, well, you know, I'm just glad that the kid has ten fingers and ten toes and whatever. And you do sort of understand that because you think about the the billion and one connections in your head or whatever. That I mean, just the, just the odds of everything getting wired up so you can even just like, you know, breathe. I mean, yeah. are just it's just staggering when you well, think about it. Well, you
0: know, it. we we hit we hit some bad numbers with my third kid. Mm-hmm. You know, so I know exactly what you're talking about.
5: Well, the muscular dystrophy. Yeah. And you do start to you do start to appreciate just on a day-to-day, even like a minute-to-minute basis. Like I, and, not that, and this is not the get-all, because now I start to sound like some stoned college student in his dorm room at 2 a.m. But when you start thinking about from minute-to-minute the fact that I have no control, and I, and I we were doing something like this the other, we, the other day. We were talking about, I don't know, we were talking about something or other having to do with like a heart attack or cancer or something, and Sarah was getting a little freaked out because she thought we were being a big buzzkills But I think about this sometimes, that... And you think about your heartbeat and the fact that you have no control over that, really, I mean, I guess you can sort of get yourself excited and make it faster, or you can breathe slowly and slow it down or whatever, but I have no control over my heartbeat. Uh, That is a whole thing where there's like a, that's like a a substation in a power center, like in the basement of my brain where there's a bunch of neurons or whatever that are just responsible for keeping my heart beating, and I I just sort of have to trust that they're going to do it, you know. But I mean, an hour from now, they could just decide to turn it off. I have no control over that. The number of things in your body that have to work properly from minute to minute just to sort of keep breathing and blinking is just staggering.
0: I know, you wish it was more like a Volkswagen engine. How can't, <laughs> why can't it just be easier? Exactly.
5: I can just, you know, just lift up my brain and go, ah, oh, there you go.
0: Just, just change that part out. Yeah. Um, Spray some gunk on it. <laughs> some gunk.
5: You remember that um, stuff? Yeah, I do indeed. There was gunk, and then there was something else called... Um, engine bright. Well, there was that, and there was a thing called goo at one point. Shoe goo is what it was called. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I remember my dad used to buy that. Um, well, I guess this is sort of, sort of a, sort of an unpleasant segue. But we'll go right from that to Nancy Reagan hospitalized. Um, she's still there. Well, she's like a thousand years old. I mean, she's, I, she's eighty-six, man. I will be a thousand. I don't, and I'm not trying to be morbid, but I, we for the longest time, or I, I thought she was already dead.
0: Dude, I, I saw her two, three weeks ago at the Republican convention. Another uh, no, the debate at the Reagan Library, mm-hmm. and when she passed by me. I mean, she may be 86, but she—it doesn't seem that way. She seems strong. She's one of those kind of uh, people that has a presence about them, like like Ronald did. Mm-hmm. You know, you 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 stand in front of them and you don't think anything other than, man, there's there's something with this person. Now she's uh, she appears a lot stronger than she probably is. Well,
5: I mean, you know, I don't know. as you said, she and Ronald had this whole, uh, her and Reagan had this whole weird, um, not weird, but they did have a force of personality about them.
0: Much like yours, sir. You're <laughs> a presence. Nancy, You're a force. Nancy you Reagan. come in a room and everybody knows it.
5: I'm the Nancy Reagan of radio.
0: <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> oh, man, that's that's not what I meant. Oh, my God. You're Arnold Schwarzenegger of radio. Just say no. Um, That's Barbara Bush.
5: But uh, she uh, – anyway, so she fell and then she, she – whatever. But, it, I mean, it's, it's weird when you think about – I don't know what the deal is with old people and hips. I mean – you know what I mean? Is that one yeah. of those things where when God was just creating everybody, he just – it's, the hip is sort of the the hip is sort of the Corvair engine uh, of the human body. You know what I mean? They yeah. just didn't have time to really work that one through before they started manufacturing humans. And so when you get to a certain age, it's always the hip that goes. So oh, we I,
0: got these legs. Oh yeah, we got to make a move. Ex- okay, we'll. Ex- 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 Let's make this move. Okay, that's good enough. They just sort of shipped it, and they
5: figured they'd fix it like in the upgrade. <laughs> um, but much, much like Ronald Reagan himself, they do say in the article that Nancy Reagan is quote awakened, joking with physicians.
0: So, which well, is... you know she's a she's a nurse. You know, at least she was at one time. I didn't know that. So, so she's probably giving them the 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 what for. On a lot of things. I mean she, she's she's not shy about saying what she wants.
5: She does seem that was the other thing I was gonna say to Nancy Reagan, is she does seem vibrant and forceful, but she doesn't seem like a person who takes any gruff off anybody.
0: No, she's yeah. it, she's incredibly honest. Yeah. And blatantly so. Doesn't
5: she seem like a person who probably has a bell by her bed that she rings for servants? No, nah,
0: she just yells. Hey! Yeah, no, get you
5: <laughs> don't need, <laughs> need a bell. <laughs> she doesn't a bell. Jeeves Remember what I did to Donald Reagan? <laughs> there you go, bam! That's it. That was that whole call right there was just for I could say
0: that. All right. Uh, well done,
5: sir. Big plans for President's Day.
0: I'm going to go out and have a burger. I, I swear to God, I, I've been craving an uh, uh, In-N-Out burger since oh. I started talking about this beef recall yesterday. It's really weird. <laughs> I'm not trying to be funny. Seriously. That's but, hilarious that the beef recall makes you want to go have well, a hamburger. You know, and everybody's going, How, you know, my gosh, the, the video, you know, the video doesn't freak me out. I've seen that kind of stuff before. But talking about it, maybe because of some length and I gave up meat and all that crap, but I'm telling you, I have really, since I started talking about this thing yesterday, and every live shot this morning was about beef, I really want to double double big time.
11: Uh, well,
0: you know, I honestly do.
5: I have to tell you my uh, wife and I are going to Vegas in uh, just a few weeks. And they are. First of all, there's the In and Out. There's that. Vegas has the Holy Trinity: the In and Out, the Fat Burger, and then I don't think it's going to be open by the time we get there, sadly. But they're opening a Tommy's. Oh. Uh, in Vegas, a listener in Vegas sent me a photo. They're opening a Tommy's two blocks from his house. Oh my. So I gotta. So go have the double double for me, my friend. It is uh, truly a slice of America.
0: Yeah, they don't have Fat Burger anymore out here, though. Really? But they got the Fat Burgers left. It is. But they're... Tommy's is still here. In fact, there's a Tommy's not. Not a mile from me. Wait, did the Fat Burger left uh, the... I, I all the all the franchises anywhere that, that, that I have visited oh. are gone. Oh that's I so don't good. know I don't know that they're all completely gone out of Southern California, but I cannot find one to save my life anymore.
5: Oh, I that's used to get nice. those
0: on a Sunday morning when I worked the overnights for Oh uh, man. It was great.
5: I love me the Fat Burger and when my wife and I uh, will go to uh, and Tim is saying maybe Van Nuys. There used to be one on Van Nuys Boulevard. past uh, the courthouse.
0: No, yeah, it's not there anymore oh it's sucks. a chicken place
5: now oh that sucks um and it, maybe in san diego my wife and i go to san diego sometimes and there's a fat burger uh i think it's by mission beach uh that we go to sometimes now see now i'm gonna now i have to go online and find out i have to find out if something's become of that because that really is it's not as good as in and out but fat burgers right there in like the top three it really me. is man oh
0: and it is a fat burger oh it's in both hands man
5: feel your heart slowing down as you eat it but it's wonderful oh yeah slice of america all right, my friend. Damn, I'm hungry. All right, go, go eat something bad. We'll talk
4: to you soon, brother. Thank you.
5: There you go. James Roop, ladies and gentlemen in
4: Los Angeles. Here's Tim Riley. You know, as much as everybody makes fun of her, Nancy Reagan is the perfect wife for any guy. I mean, she gets rid of all the enemies of the husband. He has no idea what's going on. She pushes into the... He still has no idea what's going on. Oh, no. I mean, she made life so easy for him, and he didn't have to do anything but talk and act... And step in front of a microphone. She did everything else. She was the behind-the-scenes engine. There's
5: no getting around that.
4: So if you want a wife, that is the perfect wife for anybody. So, uh, so Nancy, well,
5: and, and as you pointed out, uh, she did all the dirty work. And all Reagan had to do was stand there and smile and say, it's morning in America, and tear down this wall or whatever. Yeah. And behind the scenes, anybody that caused trouble, man, they just got whacked by her. Yeah. I mean, she, she was the perfect wife. Hillary Clinton had nothing on Nancy Reagan. Mm. As, far as getting the, during the scurrilous work in the background. So uh and now she must be bored because she has nobody to do it with anymore. <laughs> she has she has no uh, she has no enemies left. What does that guy says in die hard? When Alexander saw the breadth of his kingdom he wept for there were no more worlds to conquer. Uh so that is with Nancy Reagan, all of her, and she's outlasted all her enemies. Yeah, they're all gone. Um boy, interesting. I wonder if she still has that sh- that psychic on call. Remember that whole thing where it turned out that like, Oh, I would imagine so. That, Ronald Reagan was doing everything his wife told him to do. Mm-hmm. Man, you know, what a weird, what a different time that was. Can you imagine if that story came out now about, like, W? Sarah's too young to remember this. But they, during the Reagan years, it came out that Ronald Reagan, who was completely whipped, let's just call it what it was, he was completely whipped by his wife for whatever reason. I don't really see it, but, you know, hey, different strokes. So Reagan was completely... There was someone for everyone. That, uh, it really is true. Uh, he was completely controlled by Nancy Reagan, and it came out that Nancy Reagan, all of her decisions were made by an astrologer who would come into the White really? House. Really? Yeah, no, it's, a, it's true. An astrologer would come in, and it, the moon is rising in the house of Scorpio, or whatever, you know, in invade Iran. And so she would then tell Reagan whatever her astrologer told her, and then Reagan would do it. And I mean, so the, the White House was literally being run by a nutcase astrologer at some point. Some person was like, I don't know, whatever, rolled the I Ching, and so then we'd go and invade Grenada. I cannot, and that was only like 20 years ago, I can't imagine if something like that, the story like that had come out now. Mm -hmm. Can you just conceive of the phenomenal dust-up that would be if it came out that that George Bush was following, I mean, one can argue with it, following the the words of a 2,000-year-old dead carpenter is perhaps not all that different, I suppose, but I mean, in terms of the way that it's viewed by the public. I mean, if it came out that Hillary Clinton was being advised by an astrologer, I mean, I can't, they'd have her in a booby hatch. But, you know, Reagan did that for eight years.
6: Mm-hmm. Boy,
5: Nancy Reagan. They don't make him like her anymore. No. Let's do a, a couple more here. We'll come back. We'll take a break and come back with uh, uh, more of Tim Riley
4: and Aaron Duran. Uh, so the Bush administration wants to make sure you're not confused that current President Bush is not... Supporting John McCain, but it is old President Bush this is going to go down in, into some terrible things so it is former President Bush George H.W Bush, who is endorsing John McCain so Bush 41 not to be confused with the current president Bush yet nobody wants to be endorsed by it right.
8: so let 's get to all that story. no one is better prepared to lead our nation at these trying uh, times than
5: Senator
3: John McCain I can
4: barely opened my mouth so that's the old one not to be confused with the new one who's not publicly endorsing anybody they don't nobody wants the new one around no uh, John McCain says he respects the former, but not the current, President Bush. I'm very proud to be in the presence
10: of President Barbara Bush anywhere at any time. Two people who have devoted their lives to the service of this country.
4: That's the old President Bush, not the current one. So his advisors uh, will ask the White House to deploy President Bush for major Republican fundraising, but do not want the president to appear too often. Uh, Democrats, by the way, are trying to push the Bush slash McCain ticket, as they see that'll essentially get the president uh, another term.
5: Well, this is, you know what Bush is? He is the John Kerry at this point of the right. An Correct. endorsement that no one wants. It's sort of a negative endorsement.
4: So, in the meantime, the, John McCain says over the past two years, there have been too many projects allowed by the current
2: President Bush that he doesn't like The president signed into law $35 billion worth of pork barrel projects. That would have been a $1,000 tax credit for every child in America. Wouldn't it have been better for our economy to give a $1,000 tax credit for every child in America as opposed to a bridge to nowhere in Alaska?
4: That's right. The, the old President Bush would have never done that, who is endorsing John McCain. So confusing. So where is the current President Bush? Well, he is uh, visiting his friends in Africa trying to stamp out malaria and uh, give all these uh, kids with bugs all over them uh, some mosquito nets.
2: So this campaign protects women and children from malaria and also boosts local economies. It helps develop a culture of bed net use that will be sustained long after relief programs have ended.
4: Uh, A culture of what use? Uh, This is providing mosquito nets for every child. Oh, I thought you were being wacky when you said that. I'm not a wacky person. He's... He's in some place called Arushia. He's really there. Well, I guess malaria he's is spread by mosquitoes. He's providing mosquito nets to every child to stop the spread of malaria.
5: Well, okay. You know what? As much as my default position is to make fun of, of George Bush for things, that's actually kind of cool because. Yes. And here's why. Because, it's so I it sounds all cheesy, but so often politicians just mouth a bunch of platitudes. Mm-hmm. Barack Obama, I'm looking at you. A lot of like, we can do better. We can have hope and things that are shiny. But, you know, but this is like an actual, tangible, finite thing. Yes. They need mosquito nets. Here you go. It's like George Carlin always says that people talk about homelessness. And a home is a vague, amorphous, emotional concept. People don't need homes. They need houses. We need to solve houselessness, not homelessness. That is actually really cool that we're just doing something as opposed to just giving them a whole lot of like, you know, we will lead them on a bridge to the 22nd century. Like we're just giving them nets to stop mosquitoes from biting them. There you go. Well done. All right, so they're gonna live. Excellent, good for you, George Bush. All right, uh, let's uh, do one more. Then we will break. Then Aaron Duran will join us.
4: Should we do a clergy watch? We have a doubling. Um, Sarah, do we need to break sooner rather than later?
7: Well, no, I don't want us to get too far behind. Well, well, then we'll come back at some further time. Let's so, just do the clergy watch. Let's now. do the clergy watch, and then we'll break and come back there.
5: Here's your clergy watch
6: for Presidents' Day. Ooh, I guess I would be nice, if I... Gotta
4: have Here's Tim Riley. The Roman Catholic Archdiocese of Los Angeles has sold its thirteen story administration headquarters to help pay for last year's six hundred sixty million dollar settlement for people <laughs> having sex with priests. Well unwillingly. The Archdiocese Catholic Center was sold to Jameson Properties of Los Angeles for $31 million. Staffers who oversee the Archdiocese cemeteries will move to office space on the grounds of a cemetery. Others will be consolidated into... How come all half these people can't be cleaned out of there like they do in most corporations? They're going to move them to four other buildings. Uh, they do not know uh, who will be on the building's other eight floors. Jameson Properties President David Lee does not respond to phone calls as of yet. At least one student has been suspended from Trinity High School and others banned from attending a basketball game for taunting a rival parochial school team with chants of, Your priest touch you! Your priest touch you! <laughs> Excellent. That's fantastic. Trinity principal David Malou said the taunting took place when Trinity was playing Bishop Girton of Nashua. Nashua? My alma mater. Uh huh. <laughs> which is run by the, Port, the uh, Rhode Island-based Brothers of the Sacred Heart, which has settled several lawsuits accusing a former teacher of fondling students. So now this not one
5: of them. might actually be accurate. This mm-hmm. might not just be a taunt. This might in fact be. Oh uh... no,
4: it is very accurate because I remember Brother Guy who was accused here. Oh, you do. Oh, you knew him. You remember yeah. him? Uh-huh. Ah, yeah. Uh, they won't discuss the suspension because of student confidentiality. say um, you heard that uh, three parents are unhappy with the decision, but at least 25 others have voiced support. We want them to be loud and supportive of our team. They can be normal kids, but there's a line they can't cross. In 2004, Bishop Gerton settled five lawsuits filed by former students who were molested by Brother Guy, who taught at the school from 1971 to 1991. According to uh, court records, Brother Guy uh, admitted in sworn deposition to sexually abusing as many as 20 boys while he worked as a math teacher and a sports coach. Now, I was never in sports, and I had Sister Roland for math.
5: Uh, apparently, it's fine that he actually molests children, but it's wrong for students to point that out. Yes. The, the taunt is really the problem. Mm-hmm. That's what needs to be gotten rid of here. Jesus.
4: So that's uh, your religious mentality. There's your,
5: uh, yeah. Okay, we're back up. this. There's your clergy watch from Monday. We return around the corner. More from Tim Riley and Aaron Duran. the Rick Emerson Radio program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Come out up here in just a few. We have uh, more from Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Oh, I've got a fantastic Onion thing to play. Uh, first and foremost, though, let's... help me
9: like you did by the lake on the blue. It's
5: the worst line of dialogue. I mean, so naturally, it must be mine. <laughs> well, what else? What else is? I mean, it's not like it's doing anybody good just sitting in the movie. <laughs> That's true. Uh, Aaron Duran from GeekintheCity.com, you don't have any headphones? No, I'm just going to have to use my
12: uh, Kryptonian hearing to pick up what's happening.
7: Richie thinks that somebody stole his headphones. Along with Sarah's bowl.
12: I was to say, as I say, the same person that took your bowl. Seriously. Yeah. And your sign. Drop his oh, mic. Oh, wasn't
7: mine. That was, that was Sarah Wagner. Was, oh. Uh, yeah, yeah no, there I can loud I am.
5: Yeah, no, there's, uh, there was a lot of theft. I mean, in way, even more so than typically happens at a radio station. There was some theft over the last week or so where Sarah Wagner left like a, like a soup bowl. And she left it in the kitchen. Someone stole it. She put up a note saying, like, "Hey, to whoever put my soup bowl, you know, took my soup bowl, we'll give it back." Nothing happens. She puts up another note later, which is actually said, "Come on, give me back my soup bowl." And someone stole the note. <laughs> she came in like an hour later. The note had been stolen. So now there's like a like a third note saying, like. God damn it, quit stealing my notes and give me back my bowl. Somebody should make one of those magazine ransom notes. We have your bowl and your notes. Oh, a great idea. She's probably not listening today. We should totally do that. Uh, and then like somebody, and then now the note, her third note has begun, become to face with other notes. Or...
12: Or you shoot a video of you, like, with the, the, of the, the bowl, bowl, the bowl like got taped to a chair.
6: <laughs> and you
5: can walk out and the With mask, newspaper next changing, to it. Yeah, change you know, walking. <sighs> we have your bowl. That's a great idea. Wonderful. All right, what's uh, up in the world of uh, geekery and so forth? What, what do you mean? <laughs> I don't know. What okay. do you mean? What the, I don't understand. I'm just I can't
12: hear, and I'm throwing what, off. I'm, I'm okay, hell oh, there we go. You there can't, can't hear? It. He's, like,
7: standing three feet away from me. I'm right here.
5: <laughs> I can't hear you. We'll uh, wait for Aaron Okay, what well, Uh headphones. Star Trek. Got bumped. Uh the J.J. Abrams Star Trek got bumped until yes. what? April? Uh, May? What? May? They May of 2009. The, yeah, they the May 2009. I just don't care. I mean, that's my thing. I've realized this. I just, I just. Oh, that's better. I don't really care. Uh, about the Star Trek film because and this is the thing that Court and Fatboy and I were talking about it, it's not that I don't have faith in J.J. Abrams or it's not that I don't want to see it the franchise restored or whatever but it's just it feels like it's too soon it feels like we've not had a break from Star Trek we haven't we've gone maybe two
12: years without some form of Star Trek either on TV or, you know, movies. movie, you know, it, I kind of want it to go away, yeah, that, and I'm a Trek fan. That's my thing, you can't miss it if it never goes away. Yeah, I'm a Trek fan, and I want to, you know what I would, the, the analogy I always have, is remember in the 80s we had that entire just slew of terrible, terrible Bond films? Yeah. And then Bond vanished for like a decade. Yep. And then there was that great teaser where Pierce Bronson just comes walking out, stark white, he's in the black suit, and he's like, you were expecting someone else? Yeah that's what trek needs to do just go away
5: and and it, in every version you know and it, and i think they knew i mean i know that uh, that kirk supposedly died but he died in the matrix which means they could have brought him he back died if in the they nexus wanted to. Not, the matrix. The, not the matrix the nexus <laughs> which means they could have sorry which means they could have brought him back theoretically yeah. but i think it's a i think abram's realized that i mean having Nimoy is Stupid. Uh, you know, I mean that. But you can almost get away with that because he's sort of solemn, and he's, you know, he's, uh, you know, he, you can almost feel it because uh, because Spock is so sort of iconic, and he's not kooky the way that that Shatner is. Right. And I think they realized if they were ever going to try to recreate the Star Trek franchise, they just couldn't have Kirk. Because the instant you see Shatner, you just can't take it seriously, well, right? Well, not
12: anymore, no, because Shatner so embraces pop culture yeah, cheesiness. Right. That, yeah, he can't put on the uniform and you can't take him
5: seriously anymore. So, I mean, you know, but you, I get the feeling that the studio really did just step in and said, look, you
12: have to have somebody from the old show. It's- Which is dumb because supposedly they're resetting the entire thing anyway. Right. So if you're going to do a full, like, Galactica Battlestar, Galactica-style reset, just leave Nimoy out of it and just start over.
5: Indeed. Speaking right. of Battlestar Galactica, so now are you? Have you finished? Have you watched all three seasons? Yes. Okay. So I just finished season three last night. Yeah. Wow. How yeah. great that is. Just now, I got to go back and watch the Razor prequel. Uh well uh, Razor
12: kind of ha- it's not it's it's pseudo prequel oh, not but
5: it takes place between yeah. 2 and season 1 and 2 or 2 and 3 2 and 3 because that's it's all what's her is that Michelle Forbes? Yeah. That her? I dig Michelle Forbes, man. Benson Rowe. Uh she was hot and she, Michelle Forbes was also hot on uh, homicide life on the street mm-hmm. where she played medical investigator uh Julia a, what's her name?
12: She's one of the women that as she ages she actually gets hotter and hotter. She
5: really is um, Yeah.
12: she really is quite gorgeous. or uh, Admiral Kane. Yes. <laughs>
5: Hi Sarah, how you doing over there? Wait till you watch Razor.
7: Oh, just fabulous. Razor.
5: Uh, so I finished season three of Battlestar Galactica uh, last night, which is, and I had taken a time out because, like, I was uh, I was watching it every night, like three episodes in a row, and I realized at a certain point I was just sort of getting it was becoming a little bit of a blur, and I was watching it just to get it done. Right. And uh, and it takes its
12: toll on your soul. You can't watch Galactica that often in a
5: row. And it's a pretty it's a pretty bleak, harrowing program. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not like. It's not, like, a uh, shield bleak or wire bleak, but it's pretty goddamn dark. Yeah, no, it uh, is. And uh, But I realized that I was I was kind of getting a little numb to it because I was watching it all the time. And so I took about a three-month break, about halfway through season three. And then I came back, and I, I started power-loading it down again. And I finished the last night, and it's really good. How we... great is that season three finale? Oh, my, man. My name is Colonel Ty. Oh, no. <laughs> it's just fantastic. Yeah. It really is. And if you haven't watched season three of Battlestar Galactica... Uh, and I feel okay Thank talking about it. You have a ton of time still, because season four doesn't kick in until like April. And I won't uh I won't spoil anything except to say, and this is not a spoiler if you've been watching the show, that at the end of season three there are some other folks revealed to be Cylons. Yeah. And you just kinda and I wasn't expecting it. I you know what, I gotta tell you, and maybe it's still possible and again this is spoiler free. I really was waiting for them to come out and just out and out and say that Starbuck was a Cylon. Uh so was I and that's what i thought i thought and maybe she you know maybe maybe she will be who maybe knows she will be she maybe yeah. there's the final five faces maybe she ends up being lucifer since they haven't brought him back yet it's I, I, it, they revealed four of the final five cylons and i i really thought there was going to be some some sequence where like caprica 6 looked up god this is a dorky conversation there's eyes are glazing over caprica 6 looks up and and like one of the cylons takes off the hood and it's starbuck but um I don't know. It, uh, it It's really good, man. I uh, But Lara's doing the same thing. What I am doing... Hey, Richie Bristol? Hey, stick around for a second. Um, What I am doing with Battlestar, Lara's doing with the Gilmore Girls, where she's like powering her way through the final... That was a fun show. The final two seasons of Gilmore Girls. Yeah, and she sort of faded away with the last couple seasons, because it kind of lost its punch when Amy Palladino left. But so she... It's pretty great at our house because this is this is I mean we don't have kids and whatever and so we can Are you guys watching on separate television? That would well, not a, no, we only have the one TV <laughs> yeah. but it is like a Morning Sam Morning Ralph kind of a thing at our house because again because we're just basically big adolescents we don't have any real responsibilities so she uh gets home from work or whatever and so from about like 5 until 8 she just she power watches Gilmore Girls on DVD and then at around 9 she goes to bed, and we like tag. She goes to bed, and then I watch three hours of Battlestar Galactica before I go to bed. So that's that's what life is like at Big Bride's house. Yeah, which is really great, and you know, and dorky all at once. So um wait till you watch Razor. Yeah, I there's going to be a
12: moment. You uh, talk to Fat Boy about this. There's going to be a moment about two thirds of the way in the Razor where you're going to leap out of your off your couch and really? do the biggest geek scream you've ever done. Yeah. Now
5: I did that at the beginning of uh, of season three. Uh, Battlestar because there's that sequence where New Caprica has been occupied by the Cylons, and there uh, 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 but then like uh, Adama is planning to storm the planet and uh, you know and pick up the the the, uh, the insurrection and so forth Yeah. and there is that moment when he does what i think they call the adama drop where <laughs> where, um, where he flexes, basically does the and yeah. and where and where they uh, where chief and uh what's his name uh Starbucks uh fiance are like down there and they're in the, they're doing the gunplay and all of a sudden there's this big rush of air and they look up at the sky and Galactica just goes and just appears like in the low atmosphere. It's friggin' gorgeous. Oh man, it's like the best I I went I went back and watched that moment two or three times and just kind of did a yeah you know, like in my living room, standing up, doing the low fist punch, going, yeah. You're going to
12: do it again during Razor. I was watching it at Bobby's, his little, his hobbit hole yeah. that he's got. And we were both sitting on the floor and literally we at the same time we leapt like three feet into the air. Oh, you know, oh. doing the fist punch and,
5: you know, up put the guys like, yes. And then, you know, oh, oh, it's great. So, Richie Bristol, let me ask you this. Um, now, I know at one point we were on the trail, and by we I mean you, of getting uh, Katie Sackhoff, who is Starbuck. Uh, on the program do we know where we are with that uh right now i'm waiting because she's uh, i guess she's a portland native she is from portland St. helens yeah yeah she's from st Helens. she went to high school in beaverton so uh the agent's talking to me about possibly in in studio interview when she comes to town if that's not possible we're going to get her on the phone oh i'm trying to i'll, I'll be there for that. <laughs> i was gonna say let's try not to sound creepy <laughs> let's try let's try not to be creepy guys about that uh well when does battle start coming back april April. Well, see, so this would be the time for them to start tipping yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, last season. You know, the thing, can I just say this, and I, and I apologize if this makes me sound like one of those guys. Uh, but, you know, she really is truly beautiful, Katie yeah. Sackhoff. She is, uh, and not like in just the typical television way, maybe the typical way that, like, a female celebrity is. I mean, she really is and she's a great actress
12: I mean, she's very talented
5: yeah. i mean that's the thing is you you know, you know a lot of times you know somebody both men and women will get these gigs because they just are they're a pretty face or they're a certain physical type that I is in mean, she's a really really talented actress uh, and, and and truly beautiful. I mean, you can tell that she is really just, gorgeous.
12: Man, I just hope she tries hard enough not to get stuck in the sci-fi things.
5: Yeah, that's really well. Easy well she, to she fall did into. Bionic Woman too. She
12: did Bionic Woman, and then she was in a sorry. I mean, not that she listens, but you know, sorry, Katie, but she was in that White Noise two, the directed DVD sequel, and it was terrible. <laughs> and
5: she was also in um, was she in Halloween H two O? H two O. She was in is <laughs> that she was in yeah. she was in one of those the Halloween. one with Busta Rhymes always the mark of quality (laughs) she was in a halloween film and so she's got kind of the sci-fi horror fantasy i mean on the one hand i understand why you do that because that's you know that's money for life oh yeah sign your picture for twelve dollars a pop at comic cons until the end of time that's right um (laughs) but she is so talented you know what i'd like to see her do and i don't know why but for some reason stop it
2: (laughs) (laughs) I, i can think of a million things
5: See, that's what we don't want to be. We yeah. don't want to be that guy, Richie. I'll be that guy. You're going to stay away from the studio when she's here. Okay. You're not going to be allowed into the studio that day. I don't know why, but I, I, in my head, I have um, this image of her kind of doing like a period piece. I could see that. I could totally see her doing some like 19th century.
12: Would you want her to play like a strong woman in a period piece, or just kind of a more I fam role?
5: I don't know. I, it, she just, she does have a lot of breath to her, so I could. Anyway, but, so we're working on getting Katie Sackhoff from Battlestar Galactica uh, on the show. It's bracken uh, awesome at some point. Uh, let's see. This guy says, Aaron is right about Star Trek needing to break. I think it needs a decade or so for us to get sick of it. Uh, at least, you know, it's, yeah. it's like a meal. You know what I mean? And you got to let it settle and kind of go away before you. I don't think else. it'd be
12: cool when it comes back to come back as various miniseries. Like, well, and, like,
5: pick one, you know,
12: aspect of the Star Trek universe... And focus on them for like a six-hour miniseries. And then go away for a
5: couple years. Sure. And then come back with another little miniseries. You know, just some sort of a, a reset that isn't, uh, you know, that isn't it, just sort of plowing the same ground, which is kind of what this feels like. Yeah. Um, do we have news with Tim? I just saw Tim appear and then he left again.
7: I don't know. Maybe he went to print something. Maybe. Maybe your overwhelming geekiness drove him out of the building. <laughs> some, sort of a,
5: some sort of a geek force field. That's sort of a. Well, but here's the thing. So once I am done with Battlestar Razor, which is. what? How long is that? Like three hours? No, two hours. See, it's just, just like walking by again. Walking. <laughs> you missed it. Tim just walked by in like the hallway, place. literally yawning into his fist and just sort of like strolling down the hall just now. Oh. Waiting for him to get back to his room. So I can, uh, we're going to be doing some news with Tim Riley. Well, I guess theoretically we are supposed to break right about now, aren't we? All right. Well, in any event, um, so I'm going to finish Battlestar Razor, and then i got to figure out something else to watch. Uh, so. Why, hello. What, what have you watched? Tim Riley? How are you doing, Looking Tim? Looking for me? Well, I, we were going to do some news at some point. Oh, okay. Are you prepared to do news? I'm always prepared to do news. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>
6: From the Ministry of Truth, this is Kim Riley.
4: From Yakima comes word, a 20-year-old member of the military was arrested after trying to get through airport security with two training grenades and a carry-on bag. They were spotted by a belt scanner at Yakima Air Terminal around 11.15 in the morning. The Yakima Air Terminal? That's what it says. Yakima International Airport.
1: <laughs> so really?
4: They, I'm not sure what it's called. <laughs> well, they found uh, live fuses, but no explosives packed around them. Uh, police locked down the small airport for a few minutes. Then evacuated about 30 to 35 people, all the people traveling from Yakima that day. And brilliant experts from the Army's Yakima Training Center to <laughs> dis- dismantle the grenades. We've got Yakima's
5: best men on it right now.
4: Uh, so police temporarily only allowed incoming flights. And passengers were offloaded at the police precinct instead. I guess it, the planes landed at the police station a few hundred yards away from... It the, drove
5: up to the police station.
4: Yeah, Please disembark really? here. Yakima's
5: <laughs> a town of, like, nine people. I think it's just a bunch of apple orchards and then, like, one bad radio station, to which I inexplicably ab- applied for a job at one point. You know, it's weird. I mean, I guess those I guess those days were always just around the corner on radio, but I was going to say it's weird to think that at one point I was pinning all my hopes on getting a morning show in Yakima. So, at a radio station that I think now it doesn't even exist, but that was, those were my aspirations at one point. Now, if I could just get a job in Yakima, I'd be on the road to fame and fortune.
4: Well, the crocodile's four-year-old son has been bitten by a snake already, and he's not even alarmed. It's a, just a baby boar bite. He picked one up and it bit him on the finger. He was so proud that it was his... <laughs> Wait, who is he? this? The uh, crocodile hunter's four-year-old son? He's been savagely <laughs> attacked by something already? Yeah, A snake. A baby boa. You think that family... He's too young for a full-grown one.
5: That is sort of natural selection in in action right there, because you think at some point that family would decide just to stay away from things that can kill
4: and eat you. And their, their evil young daughter, <laughs> <laughs> who's nine years old, who's Bindi, Bindi, was bitten by a snake when she was only 18 months old. She's featured at a, at a Discovery Kids channel show called Bindi the Jungle Girl. <laughs> Well, she spent her day posing for cameras with a new action figure in her likeness. Are you kidding me? She said it's every little girl's dream to have an exact look-alike doll. It's amazing, she said.
5: Bindi the Jungle Girl. It's like she's supposed to be wearing a leopard print sash and riding on the back of an elephant, you know, like with a spear.
4: Mm-hmm. Jesus. hanging out with Shiva, queen of the jungle. Seriously. All right, got to look up. The and by bin- the way, the son who was bitten by the snake was the same uh, baby... Who, uh, the Crocodile Hunter, when he was alive, was dangling in front of that snapping crocodile. I remember yeah.
5: that. Same oh. kid. Oh, man. He's going to be eaten sooner or later. Yeah, that's like a Final Destination kid right mm-hmm. there. All right. <laughs> Bindi Irwin action figure? Yeah. All right, got to look it up. Bindi Irwin action figure. Let's see here. Bindi Irwin doll unveiled, says USA Today, of course. Uh, let's see here. Um, they should do the entire family. Uh, well, no, no, no. This is the Steve Irwin action doll. I, uh... Yeah, I can't uh, Yeah, I can't find the Bindi Irwin one. Well, I'll keep
4: looking. Here's uh, Tim Riley. A woman who was uh, relentlessly tugged by colleagues because of chronic flatulence has lost her discrimination claim. The woman who asked not to be named <laughs> claims she was suggested to cruel jives by the staff at Leeds Metropolitan University because she claims she suffered from irritable bowel syndrome. Uh, she opens the window because she sits there and stinks the place up. <laughs> <laughs> and we shouldn't have to put up with it, said the co-workers. Well, fair enough. The woman claimed disability and racial discrimination. Was this in America or somewhere else? Uh, No, this is England. Okay. She told uh, appearing colleagues would make uh, sniffling and bowel jokes when she was in earshot. (laughs) She claimed about being harassed. Uh, But uh, disciplinary procedures were started against her because of concerns over the quality of her work. (laughs) The tribunal (laughs) pattern, they dismissed all three of her claims. I'm sorry. (laughs) And now she has to go back to work. Uh,
5: imagine, I wonder if they have to, do they draw lots or something to sit next to her at the, at the office? That's I where mean, the attempts are put. I don't really, exactly. <laughs> when you, we, that's what, like, if you receive a disciplinary, like you demerit, you have to sit next to a flatulence woman. I don't understand. Well, first of all, irritable bowel syndrome. So is that, that exactly what it sounds like? Here's
4: another disease.
5: Well, but I mean, if you have, if your bowels are irritated, does that mean... Uh,
7: oh, let's not go into that. How's no, that
5: bowl over there, Sarah? I'm just...
7: What are you, what are yeah, you eating? Seriously. Um, Maybe we no, can discuss
5: I, this later. I'm just saying, is that where um, your I, your uh, 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 bathroom activities uh, come without warning or something? They, they may. <laughs> I'm not an expert on irritable bowl. It's bottles. like
12: if you were to eat too many of those O'Lean chips.
5: I just... <laughs> I just don't understand, like the uncontrollable flatulence is sort of irritating. Uh, in irrit- to uh, interesting. Yes, because, I would say that would be. Yeah. But it, but it but it seems like that's something you could control. Do you know what I mean? It's not like a sneeze, mm-hmm. is it? Well, she's supposed to hold it in.
7: Well, it's probably a syndrome because it's some. There's something not normal.
5: Yeah. Is that like a muscular problem? Do you suppose, where just the the holding in is not possible? Well, how long is she? Do you want her to hold it in? Well, I'm saying, can't she hold it in long enough to maybe go to a hallway or something? Well, I don't think you can really control it. I think it's just... I wonder if she decides that if, like, she's going to... She's like a person with a child in a restaurant. If she's going to suffer, everyone else is going to suffer along with her. You're
6: not going to smell it.
5: She's British. Here's Tim Riley.
4: Out of California comes word. Their DA has filed criminal charges in San Bernardino County in connection with that slaughterhouse... This has sparked the largest beef recall in U.S. history. Bring the beef back. Don't eat it. You'll get sick. And then you'll have irritable bowel syndrome.
5: As CNN says, they are yanking the meat off (laughs) shelves.
4: Uh, spokeswoman Susan Mickey says that two men have been charged with various crimes at the old slaughterhouse. The
9: district attorney's office has filed five felony counts of cruelty to animals and three misdemeanor counts of moving a non-ambulatory animal with equipment at a slaughterhouse against Daniel Navarro and three misdemeanor counts against Luis Sanchez.
4: Usually they're friendly to animals when they bring them to their death, but not in this case. <laughs> <laughs> the, moving a non What are you laughing at?
12: We went from a, a flatulence joke to uh, arresting a man named Sanchez. So I Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah.
5: oh, fair enough. I'm sorry. Yeah, my mind's still in eight-year-old mode. But, I mean, moving a non-ambulatory animal with a, with whatever.
12: What is an ambulatory animal? I
5: think ambulatory means you're up and around and conscious. I think basically what this means is they had some cow that was in a bad way and decided it would be good to eat anyway. Screw so it. Grind them all. That's, a, that's <laughs> what I mean. It was some, some cow that... I don't know, had Ebola or something, and then it doesn't matter at all. It all looks the same
4: on the other end. Into the mulcher.
10: So, all right. Uh, some
4: rally. say perhaps the USDA needs to improve its policies.
10: Congress needs to take action to pass the Down Animal Protection Act,
11: also the Farm Animal Stewardship and Purchasing Act. Well, all right, then.
4: Uh, somebody thinks they found Amelia Earhart's zipper. The International Group for Historic Aircraft Recovery found the zipper with a company named Talon stamped on it on an island in the western Pacific Ocean. It is speculated the zipper could have been part of Amelia Earhart's suit. Uh, some people are skeptical about this claim. The
10: town people were extremely promotion conscious. And so if Talon zippers were being used in something that was newsworthy, it's pretty common for it to turn up in news stories at the time. And we cannot find, even locally, any mention of the fact that a Talon zipper was accompanying Amelia Earhart. Hmm.
4: Uh-huh. Did Amelia Earhart, fly with a zipper? We may never know. Remember in the 80s it
5: when everybody really was It really is convinced? a holiday. This, these are really news stories that Metro is just shoving out that it hasn't... Like, these are stories that didn't make the cut, like, on any weekday in recent history. And so this is a this is just take out the trash day for those guys.
4: Uh, Paris Hilton's appearance on the Ellen DeGeneres show could get her into trouble. The singer-actress's house was visited by the L.A. Department of Animal Services last week after Paris told Ellen she owned 17 dogs. <laughs> L.A. doesn't allow people to own that many dogs. Uh, They said they were responding to a complaint filed by an animal rescue group. However, there was nobody living in the house, including pets, because it's under construction. Paris told Ella the reason she has so many dogs is, quote, They keep having babies, and I feel bad to give them away. I don't know what else to do. Any comments? No, no,
5: I I have no comments about Paris Hilton at this point. I think... I think she's another one, she's like Lindsay Lohan, where I think my brain is just sort of, my brain is sort of done with her. Oh, by the way, did you see that, uh, did you see that, that, first of all, that Britney Spears went out dancing, uh, she went into to some club with her father, which is creepy. Uh, and secondly, that I guess some lawyer is filing a lawsuit claiming that she was that her civil rights were violated and she was drugged and held hostage or something against her will. So By that
7: Sam Lufty guy, right? By the
5: Sam Lufty guy. And I guess it's so, it, now the state has lost jurisdiction and they're actually making it a federal case at this point. So there might be something interesting happening there. I'll do a couple of these. Hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show.
10: Hey, Rick. Hello. Uh, just wanted to enlighten you a little more on that slaughterhouse story. They were, they were actually... Uh... Now, hold
5: on, before we go into this, is this going to be some hideous uh, call where you have uh, specific details of... The miscellaneous animals? Not
1: that bad. No.
5: And when you say not that bad, how bad would you say it's going to be in a scale of one to three?
1: Uh, one and a half.
6: Uh, all right.
10: <laughs> well, the, the non ambulatory, which means up and walking cows, they were actually running into them with forklifts
1: to move them.
5: <laughs> Jesus. That's unpleasant. <laughs> That's like, that really yeah. is an unpleasant image. That's like that woman earlier who was. Molesting children because they smelled like vanilla. That's no good. All right. And
2: also, yeah. I was wondering if, if Kim knows if uh, they're only yanking the
10: meat in stores, or will they actually come to your home and yank your meat?
4: <laughs> I'm afraid you're asked to uh, turn your yanked meat to You're the store. asked to yank your own meat, sir.
6: Okay, thank you. Bye. <laughs>
4: Well, I'm glad we can abuse people. <laughs> <laughs> so, is, uh, so is West Moonves.
5: Hi, it says, this is CNN that says this. Uh, CNN is the, uh, the world's premier news gathering organization. Um, they have agreed to yank 143 million pounds of meat. The meat needs to be yanked, and the government is just in the position to do it. Hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show.
1: Hi, that last guy stole my thunder. I was going to do the yanking your meat from your house thing. But, uh Aaron, I had heard that uh, that uh Battlestar wasn't going to be done because of the writer's strike. Is no. It, is it finished?
12: I think they've got, like, the first six episodes written. Because sci-fi likes to break, for some stupid reason, sci-fi likes to break up all their Battlestar seasons in half. Uh,
5: are they going to so do this I think this the first, Yeah. Uh, so I
12: think the first true. half were already written and ready to go, which why the, which is why the writer's strike wasn't such of a big deal, because... There was going to be a break in the middle anyway. Man,
5: and I've gotten really spoiled too because I just uh, you know uh, yeah. because I've just been watching it all because I had it stacked up you know on the TiVo and so I've just been watching it all. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the know, only
12: good thing about the Rider Strike is I think it actually was giving a potential for uh for a uh, the Caprica series. Right. But then that's been that's been yanked again. Well, this
5: is going to be the last season of Battlestar. Yeah. Though, isn't it? Because it's yeah. because that shows such a it's like the Wire of the Sci Fi Channel where critics love it, fans love it, can't make any money to save its life. Well, it costs but a lot of money. Caprica mm. series. What? What? What was the Caprica series?
12: Uh, it was like a prequel to Battlestar. It was going to deal with the, the first civil, the first rise up of the Cylons. Ooh, that'd be
5: cool. Yeah. The
12: you know problem is it would have been more soap
5: opera like they had mentioned. It would well, you know been... they ought to do a movie though. That's that's a thing where they ought to make a two hour movie that yeah. you know, is
4: the rise of the Cylons. Yeah, yeah. I would watch that. All
10: more right. nerd stuff. There yeah. on the tongue. Bye. Bye. There you go. So right.
4: getting back to the beef story, one hundred forty three million pounds, which is being recalled. Is roughly enough for two hamburgers for each man, woman, and child in the U.S. As it ought to be. Mm -hmm. Eat up and enjoy.
12: (laughs) I want a burger so bad
5: right now. Smug vegan news brought brought to you as only AM 970 can. Uh, Let's do one more, and then we will take a break here and resume.
4: So this almost seems like a fake story, yet it comes from MSN Movies person that will replace Heath Ledger in this upcoming motion picture is not one, but one, two, three stars. So who's going to replace Heath Ledger? Johnny Depp, Jude Law, and Colin Farrell. Now, what movie is this? This is uh, Parnassus.
5: Which is what? It's that Terry Gilliam film. Yeah. Oh, yeah, boy, Terry Gilliam. Yeah, poor guy. Boy, that guy's the Ted McGinley of filmmaking. <laughs> you put him on a project and suddenly it's hit by a monsoon and Everything goes dies. wrong, yeah. yeah. So when you say he's being replaced by three people, you mean physically or? Physically. I don't even I didn't even know yeah. what the movie was about.
12: I actually reported this like six, like a week after he died. Heath Ledger died. There was rumors that Johnny Depp was going to replace him. The character it's it's kind of a, a fantasy style film. The character goes through mirrors and changes and experiences other aspects of life. So the script could work with a different actor playing every different aspect of this character's life. All right. So that's kind of how they would pull this one off. All right. And so
5: this now have they but there's no but all of his post-production work on The Dark Knight was done. Right? it had been he done for a while, yeah. So, yeah. so that's so that's not going to be. Cuz man, the last thing you cuz it's going to be like, let's I mean, cuz you think about actors, great actors who who their last project was just some weird like stitched together abomination. Yeah. Uh, Are you What's that? And use uses
4: chiropractor.
5: Yeah, totally. But, well, <laughs> well, Sarah's pointing out I'm Raul kidding. Julia. Uh, Raul Julia, of course, who did Street Fighter is his last movie. Well done. Uh, and but that's actually not even the one I was thinking of. This time I was thinking of John Candy in Wagons East. Did you ever see Wagons East? Yeah. Uh, it's like the worst movie ever lot made. It's a film from behind. Yeah. Later on. It's like a whole lot of stitch to like. Well, we've got <laughs> these nine minutes of film on the. Uh, and then I think. Did Chris Farley also do something? It seems like Chris Farley had worked for like nine days on some movie and they decided to like cobble it together. Oh, boy, you know, here's another example. Okay, so there's Raul Julian Street Fighter. Because um, uh, he did, you know, obviously Adams Family stuff, presumed the innocent kiss of the Spider Woman, fantastic yeah. film. Then he dies. Uh, Street Fighter, his final film. Yeah. Then attention actors, don't do a movie because your kid asks you to. Yeah, seriously, because then the, because you're going to get hit by a bus, yeah. and that's going to be the thing. That's going to be your enduring legacy. Um, I also hope
7: Jason Lee makes something else. His last one is an Alvin and the Chipmunks.
5: <laughs> um, and then, yeah, John Candy dies, and then they take his bad footage and they put it into a movie called Wagons East, which is awful. Uh, and then let's see, there is um, Peter Sellers who died about a third of the way into making a Pink Panther film uh, as Clouseau. Right. And so they did this movie called The Trail of the Pink Panther, which is... And they did the... I know that the Inspector Clouseau films, I think, are maybe of a different generation. I don't really know that those have been... I don't know that people today are really into Peter Sellers' Clouseau films. I think that might have sort of died at the I 80s. think
12: it's if you're a Peter Sellers fan or student and you enjoy them. But, yeah, the average person doesn't get into it I, anymore.
5: For whatever reason, they just... I think maybe they're a little too dated. If you look back... Because I know that the, the, the Clouseau films are supposed to be sort of... um. The Clouseau films are supposed to be sort of a takeoff on the Bond films. Tim, by the way, just found a picture of the Bindi Irwin doll. You're going
2: to die up there. we we'll
5: talk about that in a second. Um, but, But he was doing... He had sworn never to go back and do the Clouseau films again because he hated them, apparently. He just he, did, he didn't like being known for them. And he had agreed to go back because he needed the money, and this is always the way these stories start. It's like, <laughs> well, I'll do one final Inspector Clouseau film. He gets about a third of the way into the movie. He dies of a heart attack. And so they then, rather than doing the respectful thing of like, well, we'll just call a produ- we'll call a halt to the production because our actor is dead. Hollywood never works that way. What they did is they just took all of the footage that Peter Sellers had filmed and then they rewrote the story so that a third of the way into the movie, Clouseau just vanishes. And then what do they do? The rest of the movie is then footage from old Pink Panther films that they have dug up and, I swear to you... Just like a bad body double (laughs) with, like, a trench coat, the hat pulled down, and a huge mustache covering the lower half of his face. It was literally just like the Plan Plan 9 Planner Space thing thing, where the guy has, like, (laughs) Edward's chiropractor (laughs) with a cape over his face. Uh, And, like, a terrible voiceover of a guy doing... It sounded like some drunk guy at a bar doing a bad Inspector Clouseau voice. That is ADR'd over the entire film. It really is, like, one of the worst things ever to be remembered by. So, all right, let us now, uh, Is that, are you going to post that on your site, Tim? No. The, bin, <laughs> the Bindi Irwin picture? Maybe later. It's really unnerving. So, we get back, we'll have more with Aaron Duran. Tim Riley returns later on with news. Uh, let's see, top five, like us at three, Donna Mike at seven. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Don't go anywhere.
1: left some permanent scars. Told me she'd love me, and I told her that I'd do the same. Then I old in
0: Denver, and I just can't remember her
7: name. The queen of plants. My spoon is too big.
5: Now, I'll your jigs quite a minute, <laughs> Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's President's Day. We're here. We're live. Aaron Geek in the city, Duran. How's oh. Trent? Trying... are you doing there? I'm fine. All right.
12: Do you remember when they went to President's Day and Pat Buchanan was openly against it? No. He actually spoke before Congress saying that he did, was not going to celebrate a holiday that also included Bill Clinton. Really? Yeah.
6: I it love pretty Pat pretty
5: cool. Buchanan. Boy, I miss that guy. I <laughs> wonder where Pat Buchanan is these days. Just writing one angry book after another. <laughs> Sitting in the sunroom of his house, angrily pounding out manifesti. <laughs> All right. Anyway, look uh, at Rome. Man, I think, I'm trying to remember who I interviewed. Did I interview Pat Buchanan at some point? I think I interviewed his sister, Babe Buchanan. Herself an angry, mean, bitter woman. <laughs> I, I don't know. And I, the thing about Babe Buchanan, his sister... I don't. Uh, I don't know if she's if she's uh, married or single or wh- if she leans one direction or the other. Just because it's impossible to imagine. I, uh,
12: I think she does lean one way.
5: Really? Yeah, I do believe so. Does she lean to the left? Um, if you know what on, I mean. Uh, yeah, perhaps. I it's don't so really know. I, it's
7: just. It's, I don't really know what you're say. That she so drives to a pull.
5: Volvo. <laughs> <laughs> she likes a Volvo now and then. Yeah. Don't we all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> glad i didn't spring for color copies
7: um god i was i yeah. love you for saying that You're i was welcome. just thinking that <laughs> it's
5: just so hard to imagine anybody in the buchanan family having sex at all you know what oh, i mean like you mean. can't really imagine pat you honey i'd like to have sexual intercourse with you right now It's just you know but then like something about defending america's borders or something as he's midway through the act oh you know who was it wasn't Babe buchanan Boy, what, a, what an unfortunate <laughs> thing this is. I confused her with Candace Gingrich, oh. New, Newt Gingrich's sister. Not was also Panda. leaning left. Oh, but you not lean left, baby. She, like, is. Yeah. Boy, that's a that's a, that's a big fireplug of a woman. <laughs> Candace Gingrich. Do you
12: remember when Michael Moore visited her on TV Nation? No. Oh, it was fantastic. He took her on tour, and they took her to they they both went to Newt Gingrich's um his congressional district. Really? And revealed that his district received more government handouts than any other congressional district in
5: the country. The thing about Candace Gingrich is, and I should say this first and foremost, I kind of like Newt Gingrich the same way I like Pat Buchanan. He's just he's just sort of big and like. You know, just sort of big and and full of bombast and bravado, but you get the you get the feeling that that he doesn't take it all that seriously. Like it really is just a like he, he has a lot of fun with it. Um, you, you know what I mean? No, 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 New Gingrich. Oh, okay. I mean that he's you know he's just this big bloviating blowhard, but I think he writes like spy novels and sci-fi novels in his spare time, and you know he's kind of a big goof with the whole thing. But then he's got this, but you know of course he's very very uh, right wing, very Republican, and he's got this sister who, I mean. It, Looks like, uh, I mean... Looks like Newt Gingrich. <laughs> well, she looks... Yeah. His sister looks like Hillary Swank and Boys Don't Cry if you force-fed her for about eight months. You know what I mean? Or if you just jammed... You a, one of John Doe's victims. <laughs> <laughs> if you just jammed a hose into her ear and let it run for about five or six loss. hours. That's exactly... And so she was in the studio <clears throat> and just like, a, just like a terrible, bitter, mean, angry person. Just really... You How'd got, that interview go? Badly, I don't even remember why I had to. This is when I was living in Salt Lake, of all places. I don't even remember why I was interviewing Candace Gingrich. She's one of those interviews that I somehow found well, myself doing, and halfway through, you're kind of going, why am I? That what? makes sense, because weren't you on in Salt Lake during
12: Newt's contract with America?
5: Yeah, no, that, that's right. It was in 95, yeah. 96, so I guess that would explain part of it. There was a weird time, because I, I, I would just sort of... Hey, here's an interesting question. While we're talking about interviews, since it is a holiday and so we can be, you know, a little more fluid with what more, we're, a little more loose with what we're getting done today. Goosey goosey. So, um, so Richie's in the back room, as he put it, trying to set up interviews with hot chicks.
7: For no re- like he he gave no explanation.
5: Yeah. Is that what he calls it now? I do believe. Uh, I believe this all started by trying to book Katie Sackoff from Battlestar Galactica uh, on the show, but I think he's also trying to get Michelle Forbes. And I think basically what happened is you mentioned Michelle Forbes of uh, Battlestar Razer, uh, and then of Homicide, and then uh, Vincent Rowe, and then Star from, Trek from Star Trek. Um, and so I think he's back there trying to get the trying to get Michelle Forbes on the show right now. And then somebody wants us to interview Stuttering John this Wednesday, uh, John Melendez. Well, that's one of those, and see, and that's one of those interviews that I'm I'm not sure about, because I know that he's, I mean, he's famous, people know who he is, and I know there's a huge section of America that is familiar with him, or he's maybe a low-grade fan of his, but because I never really listened to Howard's show, that's one of those things that I'm kind of unclear on. He's kind of He's jokey. I mean, I don't know if it would be an interview you would get done. I, mean, I don't know. You is know, he even on Stern show? No, he's not. He hasn't, he's not on the satellite show. He hasn't done anything with, with Howard in a long time, but, you know, but he's on the Leno show. Um, he's the announcer on Jay Leno. And so that's one of those interviews that I feel like I ought to do because he's a big enough name, but that I myself just have no... So I think what I'm going to do tomorrow is, I think tomorrow we're going to solicit questions from the audience. Uh, because I think it's another one of those pre-tape interviews where i got to roll my ass in here at like just, 7 a.m. or, or something. Or just
12: interview him like thinking it's Paul Schaefer, so just ask him Letterman questions.
5: Uh, see, and I don't think I can do that because I think he'd spot it. That's the thing, because like Stuttering John, back when he was on... And I don't even think he goes by Stuttering John no, anymore. And that's, no, he just goes by John Melendez. I think no, he yeah. just goes by John Melendez, although the, the guest booker referred to him as Stuttering John, because that's how most people know him. But, you know, that was his... Like that was his shtick for the longest time on the Stern Show, is that they would send st- they would send Stuttering John out to press conferences and he would stand up and ask embarrassing questions. Yeah,
12: that's true. That's his wheelhouse. He, he would pull totally it spot him. it.
5: If I tried to if like if I tried to pull a Stuttering John on him, he would. The most famous one he did is when Jennifer Flowers held that press conference where she played these audio tapes of Bill Clinton talking to her, and it was a lot of Bill Clinton saying like, "So uh, do you think we can get together this weekend or whatever." Stuttering John was the guy who stood up at the press conference and said what now seems like a pretty tame question. Like now in the era of TMZ, Stuttering John doesn't seem so crazy, but at the time it was very scandalous because he stood up at this press conference and the first question he said, did Governor Clinton use a condom? And at the time that was, it was like unbelievably controversial yeah. that Stern had sent him in there to ask that question. Um, I remember, uh, the other one I remember is Stuttering John going and uh, James Brown was doing some press conference or something like and, and John John Melendez stood up and said, um, said, does it hurt your testicles when you do the splits? Like, when your <laughs> testicles hit the floor, does it hurt? And James Brown was like, no, man, they cool. They know what's coming. And so he totally rolled with it. Um, but then I think he left the Stern show when it was still on the air, and now it's on satellite. And I think he just does uh, the Jay Leno show. And he doesn't stutter. That's the other weird thing about it. Maybe it. Maybe I should interview him, because now I'm curious. Because I don't even think he stutters anymore. So I don't know if it was like, I don't think it was a shtick, but I don't know if he overcame it or if he got, like, therapy or something for it. Anyway, so tomorrow uh, we'll get some questions from the audience for Stuttering John Melendez, and then um, that interview will be on uh, Wednesday. Uh, More of Chin coming up here in a few. We'll uh, do It's the Worst Song You've Ever Heard in a Second uh, and uh, so forth. Uh, Hi, you're on The Rick Emerson Show.
2: Hey, what's up, Rick?
5: Hello. How can I help you, sir?
2: I had a question for you and Aaron. Um, Yeah. Any of you guys know about Jumper? Jumper?
12: Uh, I read the book. I actually read the book on the recommendation of a listener who was furious they were making it into a movie. This is the Hayden. It was number one this week. Yeah, which kind of
1: sucks. I was going to see if either of you guys seen it.
8: I
12: I saw it. Um, I wasn't really impressed by it. The book's much better. I mean, here's the thing. It's it's hard for me to get impressed by a movie whose sole point is to show off really cool special effects. Right. The way effects impress me now is if you don't notice their special
5: effects. That's my thing. Is like if you can spot that something. I mean, there's certain things you look at a movie. Uh, you know, like we all know that, uh, you know, uh, tentacle wielding aliens don't exist. So on some level, you know, it's a special effect. But uh, but y- you shouldn't think about it. In other words, you shouldn't go and go, hey, look at that really obvious CGI right there. That's I think if cool. you can if you can notice it, then it's too much. You know.
0: Yeah, it was cool. It's just I think
2: it could have been a lot better. And oh, they totally left it open. You know there's gonna be a stupid sequel.
5: Yeah, I think
12: and it's probably gonna make enough money. Yeah, I mean there's the book goes into far more uh, you know, the more the morality of having these abilities and what you do with it than the movie did not.
3: They needed to show a little bit more fighting.
5: I saw the, uh,
12: giving 'em they should have just given Samuel L. Jackson Hayden Christian lightsabers and look, we're just gonna make this this is what people are paying to see.
5: I saw Jack, the uh I saw the trailer for it. My wife and I went to see um whatever. I went to see something or other. Uh, and I saw the trailer for Jumper, and it looked moderately interesting. Yeah. But, I mean, only moderately. That's so about it's it. It's just nothing.
12: Yeah, it could have been, it...
3: been a lot better. All right.
5: Thank
12: you, sir. Uh, Although with you, you you brought up tentacles. Yeah, I've got a little thing about uh, the mist, which comes out, I think, in like three weeks. Mm -hmm. There is going to be a black and white version on the DVD
5: that Darabont wanted. That is so cool. Yeah, I saw the little, uh, the little uh, (laughs) introductory video that he shot for it. That was on Ain't It Cool? Yeah, uh, where it was, it was you know he actually sent it to Harry Knowles. He's like, Hey, here's the here's the introduction. So it's it was Darabont himself giving the introduction to the black and white version of the mist. And I hope they do it the right way, where they don't just where they don't just do a, um, a grayscale thing in, you know, in whatever program they're using. I hope that, you know, because a lot of times with black and white, you got to do is it. contrast and saturation. And right. I hope, I mean, Darabont seems like a guy for whom quality is job one. So. Well, I,
12: he even said that he was shooting this as if he was shooting in black and white
5: film. I know. So I bet if, the transition worked. I think he wanted to do it in black and white, and then the, the studio did. told him no. The yeah. studio's like, you know, it's bad enough that you're making this movie where, <laughs> where everybody gets kicked in the balls at the end. Uh, um, you, 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 We're not also going to let you do it. In, I mean, can you imagine how bleak that would film would have been if you'd been watching it in <laughs> black and white, I mean... It would have been gloriously bleak. I mean, Jesus. I would have loved it even more. I mean, there would have been suicide inside the theater. <laughs> so... Uh, I remember seeing
12: that again in the theater and seeing people crying at the end as they were walking out, not talking, just that quiet little whimper.
5: <laughs> then what I call the Schindler's List silence. <laughs> yeah. I remember seeing Schindler's List and just, you know, all the da-da-da-da-da, end. I you know, have done the, more. the lights come up and everyone's sort of like... Well, then... <laughs> Who wants a hamburger? You I know, just like movie was...
12: was starring the Punisher. How come he didn't just kill and blow things up?
5: I know. <laughs> just, I mean, in the end, just walking out and been like, well, I'm gonna go home and weep to myself now. I mean, there was just no. I think when I saw, not to make light of Schindler's List, but I think when I saw that movie, I think I went with some friends or something because, I mean, obviously you know that it's you know a serious film and whatever. But but I guess maybe you don't really know until you're until you're just kind of like waist deep in that film that you're like well, Jesus, this is just the worst thing I've ever seen. And and then the lights go up at the end, and I really do think that we... I'm trying to remember now. That was, what, 91, 92? Yeah. I remember going to see Schindler's List, the movie, ends. And I had gone there with some friends, and I think we really honestly had planned to, like, all go out to dinner and then, like, stop by a party or something later. <laughs> I'm, just sort of an ad hoc decision to scrap those plans. Like, we were all just going to go home and draw the blinds and just cry ourselves to sleep. <laughs> uh, Weep for humanity. Let's see. I'm going to play. Uh, so we have something I'm going to play here. I'll play this into the break. We'll come back. Uh, Tim Riley at the bottom of the hour. Uh, We'll do some more uh, whatnot with Aaron Geek in the City of Duran. If you have a question about uh, anything geeky, Uh, it's uh, 503-733-2970. I'm going to play this in the break. I'm going to take that back. We'll just go right into break, and I'll play it on the other side. Uh, There was a great, because we have an Onion News Desk coming up in this break. So I have a great Onion from last week that I isolated uh, that I'm going to play again. But we'll do that later in the hour. So we'll take a break here. We'll come back with more. It's 503 733 2970. The Rick Emerson Show continues next. It's President's Day. Stay right there. Oh. Terry Crap. All right. Why the blowing stuff on the uh, Rick Emerson radio program? Ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Truth, draw near and become... educated by
4: Tim Riley.
1: And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley.
4: Well, it's time to do something about bears picking the trash. A Colorado company has an offer for city residents who want to live close to the wilderness and get unwanted visits from hungry bears. The Western Disposal Company is making available bear-resistant trash containers. The Vice President said they've test marketed these on real live grizzly.
2: What they do is they put food that attracts bears inside the
3: container, then close it, and then put it in the pan, the, and they put it in with a gri, grizzly bear. And um, the bear couldn't open it up.
4: Is this really, where is this? Boulder, Colorado. There you go. Well, Kathleen Turner says she's saving money by eating out less and taking mass transit. She's just, ba- she's backing up Broadway again.
5: It is a holiday, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, really, there's some guy at Metro's talking about bear traps and Kathleen Turner. Taking the bus. What is the last, quick, and what her is bus, mass transit? What is the last movie that Kathleen Turner made? Anybody? Uh, uh, V.I. Uh, Wachowski. See, but she must have done so. I was thinking that, too. Uh, she must she did The Graduate, but that
12: was on Broadway. Remember, she knew I'm us talking about a
5: movie, though. Like oh, the last
7: I feel like I just saw her. Commercially leaving.
5: released film, and not direct-to-DVD. What is the last theatrical film that Kathleen Turner did? She must have done something since V.I. Warshawski, but I can't think of anything after that either.
12: No, I, don't, I think that might have been it. Well, now she's riding the bus.
5: <laughs> this, that's actually a news. This just in, Kathleen Turner's decided to start riding the
4: bus. Owners of the carpenters' home in Downey, California, aren't feeling on top of the world. A five-bedroom tract home where siblings Karen and Richard live and pen some of their greatest hits may be torn down. The owners, Manuel and Blanca Melendez, have apparently grown weary of the parade of fans paying homage. The couple has submitted plans to officials in Downey, as where the home is, to tear it down and build a large home. Well, the fans are very angry. This home is the carpenters' Graceland. One musician and promoter is heading a campaign to see the original home is saved from the wreckers' ball. Some fans have proposed that Downey officials declare the Carpenters' home one historic site. The entire Carpenter family lived in the main home.
5: And really, that must just be a procession of the whitest people you have ever seen in your life, coming by to pay tribute to the home where the Carpenters grew up. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like the Carpenters' No country
4: was whiter than America in the 1970s. <laughs> but I
5: mean, the Carpenters... I, I, I mean, they're they're unrelentingly white. I mean, you know, fine, a fine group and all. Karen Carpenter, lovely voice, except at the end there. And I mean, if it just really just like they're the very definition of soft rock. I would say if you want to, if you, if you really wanted to quantify soft rock as a commodity, they are the standard bearers uh, for that genre. And I don't think that's a thing that really exists anymore. And I was actually thinking about that the other day because I was in um I was in Safeway. And, you know, Safeway has this deal, I think it's like a contractual thing where they play K-103 all the time. And I think K-103 is one of those stations that years ago would have been a, like an like a soft hits station. But, you know, now it's a it's stuff that is sort of like rock. I mean, it's it's like, you know, the Goo Goo Dolls and whatnot. Uh, and, and so it's not, I don't really think there's an outlet for soft rock anymore. Like, I don't think there's, if you're a Melissa Manchester trying to, like, live off your, uh, you know, your airplay and royalties, I don't really know that there's much of a... Uh, I don't really know there's much of a place for your music on today's radio spectrum. So it's. I think the Carpenters are one of those groups that now will solely exist uh, like in record cutout bins or something because there's just nobody who's going to play those songs anymore.
4: There are millions of those albums around. But, but it's they're
5: like, um, well, you know, here's another it's like ABBA. I mean, is there a radio format that would play ABBA at this point? Not to my knowledge, no. no. I mean, they don't, they're not on classic rock radio. There's it's certainly something n- like K-Hits would do.
7: Wouldn't Movin' play it? Or
5: Movin'? Nah, I don't know. I
12: could see Movin'
7: playing Dancing Queen.
5: May, eh,
7: I don't know. I think, isn't Movin' sort
5: of a quasi-urban format, I would think. it's You know, it's a lot it's of... white people shaking their butts.
4: I saw it on the TV commercial. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I mean, it really is. Man, I saw, the, I saw the best top ten the other day. Somebody sent me a great top ten list, and it was the... It was, it was sort of a, a list split into two halves. It was the top ten rap songs that white people like. And then the top ten rock songs that black people like. And at some point I'm going to assemble the entire list and like, we'll like we'll do them back to back on the air. Um but but it, it movement sort of is a lot of those songs. It is a lot of like it is a lot of like busta move and it takes two. So anyway. Well, Carpenters, you're out of luck. All right.
4: Well that's all I have.
5: I'll be back in a little while.
4: Well no. now I'm sad.
5: Don't right. be. Ladies and gentlemen, he'll be back at 4, 5, 6, and 7, top of the hour all the way through. Like us, Tim Riley, greatest newsman in the history of the world. Thank you, Tim Riley. No, thank you.
6: Uh,
5: all right, let's see. Hello. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show.
2: Hi, Rick. Hello. I was going to ask you, before your last break, you were talking about tasting uh, ads in the magazine.
6: Uh-huh.
2: And Aaron mentioned snobsberries, Yes. And I was wondering if he was aware that Snobsberries is a slang term for testicles.
5: No. Is that true? I didn't.
2: What kind of people yeah.
5: do you hang out with?
2: No, I saw it on like a DVD TV, like on AMC, like a behind the music kind of thing, movies.
5: Wait, what, so what you are you talking it, about? So you they snuck
12: a testicle joke into Willy Wonka?
5: No, yes. I think, no that's one of those yes. things that became mm, a reference maybe. after Willy Wonka. Okay, let's but back that's
12: what up. Snozzberries taste like Snodsbury
5: Okay, so you were watching Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the original Hideous version, on what, on AMC?
6: Yeah.
5: Okay. And it was like a pop-up video deal? Right, and they said, "Snowsberry is slang for testicle,
2: yes, because the maker of the movie was worried that that American audiences would catch on and and they'd take it out of the film, yeah
5: uh, that's the first I've heard I've of never heard that I and mean, it seems maybe unlikely that Roald Dahl knew that when he wrote the book because his books are not his books typically don't have don't traffic in that kind of blue humor, so well, now I have to go look it up, yeah, all right, thank you. you do know they did change the
12: name so people wouldn't think it was a Vietnam
5: movie? Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. That's really why. <laughs> really?
12: That's really why they <laughs> changed it. Where the
5: North it. Vietnamese are in there blowing up America. As, uh, because the era factory.
12: came out, hadn't we just pulled out of Vietnam? I hadn't really thought about that. They did, officially did change the name because they didn't want to confuse people. Because back then, you think about it, they didn't have like a lot of trailers and previews and stuff. You just would Charlie walk down the street and, the and see a marquee that said Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Charlie don't
5: bake. <laughs> uh, the uh, well, that's like a, after uh, after nine eleven happened that December. I remember, they were there was some uh, low level muttering about uh, about changing the name of the two towers. They oh, wanted God, to change. I well, see what that. they did, but they wanted to change. That
12: no, to, I remember. Change that to something else. People convinced that Peter Jackson didn't have any uh any
5: compassion for the loss of life. Yeah, they're like, dude, no. All right, so we'll talk. Yes.
7: Did you get that story that I sent you? No. One about Gary Coleman?
5: No, but I saw that I saw a great Karen Carpenter joke.
7: Oh no, let's not start.
5: You know how Karen Carpenter makes three bean salad. First, you take three beans.
7: <laughs>
5: uh, what, what did you send me, Sarah? I didn't see. Uh, I haven't gotten your email.
7: The story about Gary Coleman. Just read hey, you the headline.
5: By the way, somebody wants to. Somebody wants to known that Charlie. I should have spotted that actually. That Charlie plays Abba. Ooh. There you go. Melissa Manchester, not so much. You know, I had that. You know that Melissa Manchester song, "Don't Cry Out Loud." I had that stuck in my head for some reason all weekend long, like Uh-oh. Friday night into Saturday. That you know, don't
6: cry out
5: loud. Yeah, totally. There's really
7: that's the most depressing song too. And like um, and when you recall that you almost had it all, like it's all about yeah, your life is
5: crap. Well, that's like how I had that dream about Barry Manilow last night for reasons that are sort of lost to me. I don't know why. I had this dream that I was in bed and Barry Manilow was sitting in a rocking chair in the corner of my bedroom watching me. Um, but for some reason, it's like he was sort of um. Uh, it, it, he was sort of, you know, because he has a lot of plastic surgery and makeup and whatever. No. But somehow it was him the way he really looks now. So he was all, like, withered and bad and wrinkly. And he was sitting. He looked kind of like that guy from Poltergeist too. <laughs> Let me in, Caroline. <laughs> <laughs> that guy. But he was sitting in a rocking chair in the corner of my bedroom watching me sleep last night. That's Maybe it so wasn't weird. a dream. That's
7: Maybe weird. he was there. I I got to have drinks, drinks all, drinks, dreams all weekend mm. where...
6: Um, uh-huh.
5: Yeah, yeah and yeah. drinks.
7: <laughs> and dreams, though. Well, like, one of them, I was in a plane, and then, like, the plane crashed, but for some reason, everyone was being back. Okay, but we were underwater, and then I had this other dream where I was looking under the water, and I saw this ship just, like, resting underneath there. I kept having all these crazy uh, that's water That's because you're watching too
5: much Lost. That's what that's all I about. I think so, and
7: things underneath the water that it shouldn't be. Yeah. Oh, it kind of um, kept me out.
5: Okay, this, uh, this story that you gave me won't load for some reason, so you'll have to read it to me.
7: Okay, the headline says, Gary Coleman says he and his wife have not yet made love, even though the two have been married since August.
6: Please please
7: to, to continue. Per-
5: oh,
6: yeah. Okay. I
7: can't see it over it here. It will happen when it happens, he said. In an interview with Inside Edition, the couple said they fight so much that, yes, the bride, Shannon Price, has feared for her safety. But now she said, I'm used to it. The police were even called during one domestic expu- uh, dispute and Coleman. Hey, hold on. How I can you pull be afraid of Gary Coleman? Uh, can seriously, who not the... you
12: just
5: punch him out of the room?
7: <laughs> I mean. I'm okay. going to copy and paste okay, this. Okay. When now, did he get married? August.
5: To And to whom is he married?
7: To a woman named uh did Something priced I mean, 22 years old. Does it
5: say like what she does or where he met her?
7: No, she said that she didn't want to tell anybody because she didn't want to be just be known as his wife. She didn't want to lose her own identity. Well,
5: you know, maybe you ought not to marry Gary Coleman <laughs> if you don't want to marry somebody who's normal.
7: So Okay, I said it's your other account.
5: All right, here we go. Gary Coleman has not yet had sex with his wife, even though the two married in August. It will happen when it happens, he said. The couple said they fight so much that, yes... His wife, Shannon Price, has feared for her safety. But by now she said, quote, I'm used to it. That sounds healthy. The police were even called during one domestic dispute and cited Coleman. Well, this doesn't make any sense at all. Why would
7: you be married to someone who you're calling the cops and you're not even humping? I mean, come on.
5: But I mean, I, I, I almost, this story is almost pointless to read because there's so much here that I don't even understand. Like, I can't even... You know, it's like that it's like they say in FARC where they say this threat is useless without picks. This story is useless without further details. So Gary Coleman married a woman in August. He has yet to sleep with her, but apparently he punches her or not punches, I shouldn't say, but apparently they the cops <laughs> have, the cops have been called there uh, because of domestic disputes. Coleman played down their age difference, saying, I don't have issues with age, I have issues with intelligence. She's more intelligent than I am, clearly, and that's what matters to me. Price, who is five foot seven, and Coleman, who is four foot eight, also played down the height gap. That really doesn't matter to me, she said, since they have been married for September, October, November, December, January, February, six months and haven't slept together yet.
7: Oh my god! But I mean, I mean this too. Coleman met Price on the set of the 2006 comedy Church Ball. <laughs> Price said it was she who proposed to Coleman, but that he surprised her on her birthday by whisking her to a mountaintop in the Valley of Fire State Park to exchange vows. Church ball, let's look up church ball.
5: I don't even know what to think about that story. All right. Well that's just way too bizarre. I, I don't even have anything to contribute to that. I was thinking, you know, when Tim we had the story last week that Gary Coleman had secretly gotten married to some woman, and I I wanted to sort of ask about the uh you know, the uh yeah. sexual mechanics of that. But I it didn't seem appropriate. I mean it does it's kind of weird though, don't you think? What do you mean that he could get married? No, I mean I'm just thinking I mean, if she, if he's like, you know, half her height, I don't know, that's just sort of, I, I just wonder if, I wonder if that poses difficulties in any way. I mean, you know what I'm saying? What, since no. he's
7: so much smaller?
5: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I wonder if it's, like, uh, mean in,
7: in the... I
5: wonder if there are certain, um, certain approaches to lovemaking that are simply out, that just can't work. You know what I'm saying? Well,
12: she's 5'7", well, that's not huge. Yeah, but he, he's like, a, he's a
5: yeah, but he's like a foot and a half shorter than she is. Well, well, I guess it's not that it much. works the no, other I mean, way around. No, I, mean, I, mean, I guess no, I guess in the I guess that's true. I guess there's a lot of know, guys who are, I mean, look, Shaquille O'Neal was married or girlfriends. That's had what I mean. So yeah. all right, fair yeah. enough. Well, never mind But I, I, I hear they're not.
12: Correct. They're it's not proportionate. That's Not really. Whatever. Was... No, that it looks more impressive. That you know,
5: <laughs> especially if there's no hair.
7: Oh, this movie just
5: got, like, the worst reviews. That's hard to believe.
7: It's (laughs) a shocker.
5: All right. I'm going to play a thing into break here, Sarah, and then we'll come back. Uh, Aaron Duran continues with us around the corner. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about Vegas, but then we'll do most because you're back in on Friday. Yes. Um, So, but uh, we'll talk a little bit about Vegas around the corner because I know that uh, we're going to Vegas uh, soon. Sarah's going to be going to Vegas sometime after that. What, in April, right? Yep. All right. So uh, I heard this play on Friday. This was an Onion News report that played at 4 o'clock. And it was actually so good that I had to isolate it so we could play it again today. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, and this really is saying something. This is one of the best Onion newscasts I've heard in, like, months. Uh, without further ado, this is Doyle Redlin.
8: It's the Onion Radio News for kids. I'm Doyle Redland. With an attempt to reach out and educate the lucrative under-12 market, we bring you Stacy...
4: This is the Onion Radio News for
0: Kids. I'm Stacy, age 10. The violence continued today in East Timor as militia forces raided a refugee camp. Male prisoners were brutally mauled, beaten, and
4: shot execution style. Women were forced into rape camps and also beaten. Children were pistol whipped, kicked, beaten, and tortured. And several cute puppies
12: were killed. This is Stacy for the Onion Radio News for Kids.
8: Good job, Stacy. We hope this new feature will help kids learn more about the world around them. Doyle Redland for The Onion Radio News, online at theonion.com. The <laughs>
12: There's a lot of self-hating, though.
5: Anyway, we're here with Aaron Geek in the City, Duran. Uh, well, I know you're going to be back in again this uh, Friday, but what is yeah. uh, what is up in the world of, uh, of Rename42nd.org and uh, Film Fever
12: Radio? Rename42nd.org has just become this Leviathan that I wish I had never started. <laughs> That's the no, not because it's great. It's just like dealing with city bureaucracy is the, the most tedious thing I've ever dealt with in my life. Which, in a way, I guess would make Douglas Adams proud that I'm having this much problem with city government.
5: Well, that's, that's the street renamed. That's the thing. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. I just saw a picture of Gary Coleman's wife.
7: What does she look like? Is, she, is it bad?
5: Um, she looks like a cross between. A horse? I was going to say, as he says it, an ugly Molly Ringwald and <laughs> Jaws from the James Bond films. Look, I know there's okay, somebody okay. for everybody, but. All right. Before, before you see her, Wait, Sarah. No,
7: are you looking up Phoebe Price? Because it's not Phoebe Price. It's Shannon Price. Because it well, sounds like you just described that. It's Chico. a woman
5: in a wedding dress posing with Gary Coleman.
7: Oh, my Why God. Why don't you come over here? All right, I'm
5: coming. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> so, I like you're all concerned that I'm getting the wrong Gary Coleman wife. Okay, so let me ask you this. Before I show you this, two things. A, you have to post this on your blog. Okay. Will you do that for me? Yes. And B, you have to now guess. What do you think she looks like? Just your mental image of the woman Gary Coleman is married to. With whom he has not had relations. Yeah, I
7: don't really know. Well, you just said she's—I don't know—red hair, really tacky, puffy wedding dress.
5: Okay, I'm um, just gonna just gonna show you this, okay? Not Ladies bad. and gentlemen, I I give you this woman.
7: <gasps> Ew. That's what I'm
5: saying. I mean, maybe it's just she the is, mouth.
7: the most unattractive little man. She looks
5: like a large woman though, and not just because he's Gary Coleman. <laughs> I mean, she looks like a she woman of cons- very broad cons- shoulders. considerable carriage. Yeah. And she has what um, orthodontists refer to as gummy smile. So and a Bruce Campbell chin. Yeah, exactly. There's a, uh, yeah,
7: her teeth are like fifty percent teeth, fifty percent gums. Yeah,
5: I mean it's it's no, I mean, and she apparently she appears to have no upper lip. She's not one of those women that's got one lip. So anyway, I'll uh, I'll forward this to you, uh, Sarah, so you can. Uh, okay. Gary you Coleman can... doesn't know whether to
12: hump or ride his new wife. <laughs> Anywho, oh.
5: um. So, uh, rename 40-second so still so going on, yeah. Dealing, it's a bureaucratic night. It's a bureaucratic, yeah. Douglas Adams himself would appreciate that, though.
12: Yeah, like and I've name? got a uh, friend, uh, Jim, who runs all the MySpace for uh, Douglas Adams Boulevard. He he is keeping on top of things better than I am, because I, there's not much more to post on the website other than City dragging their feet. Excellent. City still dragging their feet.
5: Um, let's see. And then uh, at Film People Radio?
12: Film People Radio, we have the new episode up. Uh, we review Diary of the Dead. And uh, I talk about Persepolis, so which is a great animated. Did you see Diary of the Dead? Yeah. Okay. What do you think? Uh, You know when I I just don't care. Here's the thing: when I first left the theater, I was so jazzed because I'm a huge Romero fan. It was yeah, another Romero zombie film. I had a great time. That's how you do it, bitches. Right. But then like three weeks went by, and I'm like, eh, okay, maybe. As I as I thought more and more about the film. I enjoyed it
5: less and less, you and, see, less. And, and You know, and that's my thing. I mean, it's just... First off, he tried way
12: too hard. He put way, he tried way too hard to put too many social commentaries in it.
5: And it's, and that's always been there in Romero's films, but it's, it, apparently it's very, very uh, heavy-handed. Yeah. Very,
12: only, the only one time I was really interested in the film is when the survivors come upon an encampment in a town that is nothing but black people. And they say, how come you didn't leave? And, you know, the guy who leads this group of people says, because for the first time ever, we've got the power and we ain't giving it back. Right. And I was more interested in them. Like, I wanted to see their story from then on, like how they dealt with the zombies. And then what did they do when Whitey came back with the army to retake the town? I I wanted that film.
5: I think Vern on Ain't It Cool said something to the effect. He said that there are these little side stories, like an Amish subplot. And he said, those are the things that are really interesting. And you want the film to stay with them, but instead it just follows these nitwit comments. Yeah, it's
12: really great. There is a part where they come upon a small community of Amish. You just There's just one Amish man in it. But that got me thinking, like, how do the Amish deal with the zombie right. apocalypse?
5: Um, That'd be kind of cool. I feel like a lot of this, though, is him trying to get out in front of the World War Z project, like trying yeah. to stake a claim We to all it, live under the know. shadow
12: of Max Brooks now.
5: That's the thing, and it's weird that World War Z has become such an instant classic. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those books that it took, you know, 40 years for somebody to write it. But once World War Z came out, it, we is, all went, oh, yeah. it immediately became the gold standard. Yeah. I mean, in my mind, there is a direct jump from Night of the Living Dead uh, to, ma- I mean, maybe Dawn of the Dead, I, Day of the Dawn, Dead. To da- me,
12: Dawn's his best one.
5: Uh, you know, and I know a lot of people believe that. Yeah. Uh, so there's, a, you know you stop it you know you stop over at dawn of the dead to world war z which pretty you, the, the much gold, yeah. the, you know it's the standard i out.
12: give that book to everybody because they all see it and they chuckle and they think it's going to be a jokey book i'm like okay
5: now you read it i thought it was i <laughs> thought it was going to be a tongue-in-cheek all oh, the zombie <laughs> war yeah i was listening to the audiobook of uh of world war z actually just yesterday just got some chilling um, moments in i this. was listening to the mark hamill thing when he's doing the battle of yonkers and yeah. i mean it just it's so good it's unbelievably good we and, talked about how they were the real shock and awe yeah yeah oh geez and it, i you know you I always bring this up that when uh, Roger Corman, you know, who's one of those guys that just cranks out a movie like every every six months, yeah. before Jurassic Park, the movie came out, like there was Jurassic Park, the book, and Jurassic Park, the movie. And between the book and the movie, he got out front with this film called Carnosaur, which Isn't is like a, bad. a terrible, like, claymation dinosaur. <laughs> um, but that was his thing of trying to get a little bit of that money before the movie came out. And I think that's what Romero's trying to do Possibly. with Diary of yeah, the Dead. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Somebody has sent me topless photos of Lindsay Lohan. They're not very impressive. Are they?
7: They're I not at that. all. They're, oh, um,
5: they're replica photos of the Marilyn Monroe. The Rowe. Marilyn Monroe
6: shoot. And
7: Aaron and I were talking about this during the break, how Lindsay Lohan is younger mm. than when Marilyn Monroe Marilyn took those yeah. pictures. Here's she the, was so much older. Okay, let me just when say Marilyn this did it,
12: she was in her mid-30s. Lohan's, what, 22, you and said? She 21. Looks, she looks old. She looks older than Marilyn Monroe. Okay, okay, and
7: there is not an inch of her body that isn't covered in freckles. My God, they're fre- everywhere. Freckles
5: are kind of cute. And let me just say this, by the way. What's interesting about this is... These photos of Lindsay Lohan uh, topless are not interesting at all, but they're embedded in a page that's full of hardcore pornography. <laughs> See, I
7: was going to post them on my blog. Yes, they
5: are. <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, that's the White Stripes chick. Really? Or oh, did I just was that Meg White? Yeah. I still, to go. Now I've never, I've still never seen those. Does she have a full on sex tape out? Uh, or is it just supposedly stills? it's her? That's boy that's what that's the oh.
12: reason why they supposedly canceled the tour. I love Meg White. I got to tell you that. I think yeah. she's flat
5: out hot. I really do, and I know well uh, keeps like, the same beat when she's humping it out. You know what? Why do you say these things? Why do you say things like this? Because if you ever watch it in your head, you're gonna hear. Doo, doo, doo,
12: doo, 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 doo. Oh boy! <laughs> I don't even know
7: what goes on in your head when you're watching that.
5: <laughs> Nothing. All right. Blah, you know, blah, blah. Rhythm method. Blah, blah, blah. All right. How, when
12: do we... When spoken
7: are we, like
5: a true Catholic. When
12: are we... For the
7: love of God, in eight minutes. Or eight seconds. <laughs>
12: <laughs> if you go to Geek in the City right now, you can see the new Indiana Jones figures. Really?
6: Yeah.
5: Oh, man. I got. Did you get the uh, email from our friend Dan with the Joker phone? Yeah. That's what... Yeah. Yeah. He's at Toy Fair right now. He got those inside shots of the new Cloverfield mm-hmm. uh, thing.
12: The new Cloverfield monster. The yeah. new
5: Cloverfield monster. Which oh, when you're talking which about,
12: Cortlandt Fatboy. We are now hypothesizing that there are two monsters. Yeah, it doesn't look Because like
5: they're different. They're different than the other monsters. Yeah. So I'll, I'll post those on my one's site. One the,
12: one's those. probably like under the Lost Island, waiting.
5: Uh, we want to thank CNN radio correspondents Lisa Desjardins, Steve Kastenbaum, and Jim Roop, as well as Aaron Geek in the City Duran. You can read more at uh, filmfeverradio.com or Geek in Uh Rick Emerson Show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah F. Dillon for AM 970. Solid State Radio in the Newsroom. Tim Riley on the phones. Richie Bristol, The Gatekeepers. Dave Zinn, Webmistress is Bridget from Upstairs. And of course, CBS Radio Portland Marketing Guru Susan Reynolds. Like us next. Donna Mike at 7. See you all tomorrow at 11. Bye. Watch out for snakes. I regret nothing. Tom. No, I'm afraid I just blew myself.